my Lanta. Oh, my Lanta. Happy Full House Friday, everyone. Angela Bowen here, the host of Oh My Lanta. Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House, Fuller House podcast. Well, today I am bringing you the second episode in the Joey and the Girls series. Season 5, episode 13, entitled Easy Rider. This episode aired December 3rd, 1991. Excuse me. In this episode, Michelle decides that she wants to learn how to ride a two-wheel bike without training wheels. She asks her dad for help, but he has to spend the day with co-star Vicky so they can plan their week. However, all they can talk about is the kiss they shared the week before. Meanwhile, Joey offers to help Michelle learn to ride, and she agrees. But he uses the classic technique of letting go, and Michelle falls into a bush. She yells at him and says that she can't trust him anymore. So when they get home, Joey, as Bowenkill says, that they can help clean her... Okay, th this person is going way, way, way into uh, detail. Uh, side plot, I guess you could even call this plot C, if Danny and Vicky is plot B. Becky and Jesse decide to take the twins on the first car ride, a spontaneous one. But after two hours of packing up and getting prepared, the spontaneous... Spontaneous... Isn't exactly the word to describe their trip. Spoiler alert, guys, they don't even leave the house. And I also like to read the DVD case description for the episode, which sounds kind of clever. She's pedaling. She's moving. She's splat in the bushes. Joey teaches Michelle how to ride a two-wheeler. That's creative. I like that one. It was... Definitely creative. It wasn't bland. It wasn't, you know, sometimes either yay or nay. And this one was definitely yay. It was good. All right. This episode's got a 6.7 out of 10 based on 227 ratings. The Oh, we got, okay, some guest stars. We got uh, Girl on Bike played by Allison Armitage. We have Gail Edwards as Vicki Larson. And we have Devera Marcus as Aunt Ida. Becky's Aunt Ida. I believe this is the only time we see her. However, she is mentioned a handful of times by Becky. This episode was directed by Joel Zwick. Writers Jeff Franklin and Jeff Schmiel. Sorry, editor slash writer. And there is no trivia or goofs for this episode. That is surprising because it seems like a good chunk of the time, 95% of the time, there usually is trivia or goofs. But um, before I get into the podcast, I want to let you all know Tanner Newbies, a.k.a. new listeners who are jumping aboard the Tanner train, a.k.a. the podcast. I want to say welcome. 
And I also want to let you know where you can find the podcast on social media. It does have a Facebook page. Just search Full House Podcast or Fuller House Podcast, and it'll pop up. Like it, follow it, so that way you know what episodes I'm doing since I don't do them in chronological order. I go by themes, and it really differs from month to month on what I'm going to do. Usually it can be a summer theme, a holiday theme, a character theme. Right now I am covering Joey and the Girls. For September I did a double feature of Back to School Double Feature Part 2. The month before that was the Sisters Double Feature Part 2. And then in November we're going to be getting Michelle and Friends. And then ending the year with a Jesse and Michelle double feature. I will be releasing my podcasting schedule for the remainder of 2022 and all of 2023, where I will be finishing up the Full House portion of the podcast at the end of 2023. And 2024 is pretty much going to be finishing up the Fuller House portion, because there's still quite a handful of episodes to go through. If you're wondering where you can actually listen to the podcast, the two available choices are going to be SoundCloud or iTunes. I don't do Podbean. I don't do Spotify. I don't do Anchor. I just have the two main platforms that I use. Also, unlike some other Full House podcasts out there, this does happen to be a family-friendly, clean, years-of-all-ages Full House, Fuller House podcast. So that way you can listen to it in your vehicle, you can listen to it on speaker, and you don't have to worry about me dropping any profanities or inappropriate talk. You can listen to it with your kids around while you clean the house. So... I just, I wanted to be able to create a full house, fuller house podcast that those that have grown up with the show or really like both shows could listen to and not worry about having to decide when to listen to it when your kids aren't around. I just, I wanted something that everyone could share with everybody, with, with their kids, with the family, all of that. And lastly, if you haven't and you would like to show support for the show, I always recommend going on iTunes, searching out the Full House podcast, and leaving a review. All five-star reviews especially do help the podcast. All reviews in general help the podcast get noticed by other Full House and Fuller House new and old watchers. So, yeah. Also, if you want to send an email to me about your Full House memories, you can send an email to omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. Let's get into the fun, adorable episode that is Easy Rider. But, of course, we get to enjoy this adorable golden nugget of 30-second or less footage of a cold open. So I like how 
they're bringing baseball back with Stephanie in season four. Stephanie plays the field. She showed an interest in baseball, but that's only because her crush, Brett, was a baseball player. But I like how they're bringing it back in this cold open. They say nothing about the Tanner Twister, apparently. <laughs> it's just Joey and the girls hanging out in the backyard. Stephanie's pitching to Joey, and Joey's talking so much smack talk about what a great batter he is. Like, oh, it's so-and-so. I couldn't really understand. He said jolted Joey or something. Because the subtitles here aren't helping me because they're, you know, they're not in English. Uh, <laughs> and he's doing too, so much smack talk. Stephanie just sails that ball past him. And it's uh, it's not a baseball, it's a softball because it is quite a bit larger. And Michelle says, strike three, you're out of here. And of course... Joey gets in her face and they both are, because <laughs> she's supposed to be, well, no, DJ's the catcher because she was crouched right next to Joey. So I don't know what Michelle's doing, running commentary, I guess. She's an additional catcher would be my, would be my guess. But Joey gets in her face and like, I was safe, you were out. <laughs> and it's just, it's adorable. Honestly, is not really much to this scene. Jolton Joey Gladstone is at the plate. Stephanie Tanner, the crafty right-hander, is on the mound. The wind-up, the pitch. Here, right three, you're out. What? That ball was outside by a mile. Ball four. It was a strike. It was a ball. It was a strike. It was a ball. It was a strike. It was a strike. It was a strike. Oh, so it was a ball. Thank you very much. Hey, you tricked me. You're out of the game. What? You heard the ump. You're out of here. Oh, yeah, hit the ump. showers and wash behind your ear. All right, fine. I'm out of the game. I'm just taking my bat and ball, and I'm going home. Hold it. You're back in the game. Play ball. Play ball. <laughs> Joey fools Michelle with the old uh, back and forth and then changing it up at the end. Like, oh, it was a ball. Okay. And then, yeah, there, no, you're out. You're out. So he's like, okay, well, I'll just take my bat and my ball. Thank you. And I'll just, I'll just go home. I'll just be on my way. And Michelle's like, all right, hold up. He's back in the, you're back in the game. Get over here. <laughs> cute it was cute it just it's it's funny to me it's like we get joey and all three girls just because you know for this cold open it's just it seems like a lot of the times with the cold open it's gonna definitely be nine times out of ten it's gonna be michelle related but it's either gonna be jesse and michelle or maybe occasionally just joey and michelle maybe danny and michelle Really, you don't see, I mean, there might be some cold opens where it's Michelle and, you know, Stephanie or Michelle and DJ or both. So it was kind of cool to be able to see Joey with the girls, which is funny because this series I'm doing this month for October is Joey and the girls. 
I like how that, that was not planned. I haven't seen these cold opens in ages. We come out of the intro. Danny's outside. I get this is, you know, fake scenery for the show. Those aren't real plants. But he's using a spray bottle to wipe off the leaves. I take it it's just a spray bottle with water. Because none of those plants look real, like, at all. Joey comes out. I can imagine he's just like, Danny, what are you doing? And why are you doing this? Yeah, Joey goes over to Danny. He's like, Danny, dare I ask what you're doing? We've seen Danny use a dustbuster on his vacuum. We've seen him cleaning his cleaning product bottles. Now we're seeing him wiping off leaves with a spray bottle and a rag. He says, I'm cleaning my leaves. It's just kind of like, what's it to you? This is normal. People do this all the time. And Joey asked Danny, are you going to clean every leaf in the garden? And Danny's like, no, Joey, of course not. That would be completely compulsive behavior. He says, I'm just doing the dirty ones. Okay. <laughs> Whatever you say, Danny. You do you. Here's a question. Uh, Michelle isn't allowed to cross the street, right? She's not even able to be out of the front yard. However... She comes in the backyard riding her bike with the training wheels on it. And I'm thinking, there was no adult with her, so she can just go down the sidewalk by herself without an adult accompanying her. Accompanying Ribba? I can't talk. I, I don't understand that. <laughs> She's a five-year-old girl. You don't let a five-year-old just go out riding their bike on the sidewalk by themselves with no adult supervision. Well, I mean, you probably wouldn't do that. I mean, it's it's just the world we live in, even the world we lived in back then. I mean, because she says something about, I thought she said you went to the, she came back from the park or something. Because she rolls up into the backyard and Danny and Joey are there and she has this very solemn, oh, just sad, Hello, boys. Joey turns, hey, biker babe, how's it going? And Michelle does not mince words. She says, not good. So apparently she's getting teased because she's still got, quote unquote, baby training wheels. Some kid said, he's, yeah, he said, baby, baby, stick your head in gravy. I don't know if I... That was an insult. I mean, I would have heard said in the real world or not. But Joey's like, oh, wait, next time he says it, you just say, so, so, suck your toe all the way to Mexico. <laughs> Look on Danny's face. Because Joey tells her, it's like, well, if he said that, then he's the baby. Next time you be a big girl and say, so, so, suck your toe all the way to Mexico. What am I hitting with this thing? I but the look on Danny's face was like, Joey, mm -mm, we're not teaching her that behavior. Come on now. <laughs> Danny says, Joey, you're a wonderful role model. No. And Joey's like, well, hey, Danny, at least I don't 
what do you say? Salmonize my plants or like clean my plants? And Danny asked Michelle, well, Michelle, why would someone call you a baby? She says, because I still need baby training wheels. I'm just, there is no cutoff age, I don't believe anyway, to training wheels. I know I've mentioned this on the podcast before. I got my training wheels off when I was probably six or seven, right around there. I remember because I was staying at my aunt and uncle's house, and all the kids were riding their bikes down the hill, and I had asked my dad, because I asked my dad, I'm like, Dad, can you bring my bike over so I can ride down the hill? I saw the training wheels, and I asked him, like, can you take the training wheels off so I can go down, because I tried it with the training wheels going down the hill, and it was, like, horrible. So, yeah, that was the day that he took them off, and I got to, I just rode down the hill. It was cool. But to each their own and everything, I mean, that is a milestone, I think, in a child's development is when you take the training wheels off, you don't need that extra support anymore, and you're able to balance on a two-wheel bike. And Danny assures her, it's like, honey, it's not a big deal. You know, kids take off their training wheels at all different ages. Danny even tells her, like, hey, I was a little older than you. <laughs> Joey tells him, yeah, Danny, you still had training wheels on your paper route. <laughs> and Michelle is bound and determined. She says, I want to learn how to ride my bike without training wheels right now. And Danny says, well, that's the Tanner spirit. And I'm thinking, if, if that kid hadn't said anything, if he hadn't called her a baby, would she still want... To would she still have the desire to want to learn to ride without her training wheels? I kind of wonder if that was maybe the push she needed. Like, it doesn't matter what that kid says, you know, all kids get their training wheels off at different times in their life. It's like, well, she's got the initiative and the drive, she wants to do this. And both Danny and Joey are standing over her, and she's looking, hmm, like, hmm. I wonder who could teach me. Danny, of course, is preoccupied with Vicky coming over so they can go over their notes for the upcoming shows for the week. When in reality, Danny and Vicky are so... See, you know, I'm going to table that. I'm going to table that whole thing for when we get to Danny and Vicky and that kiss that they shared in the episode Bachelor of the Month. Yeah, she looks right at her dad like, I wonder who can teach me. Daddy, could you do it? And he's like, honey, I would love to teach you, but Vicky's coming over and we gotta go over our notes for this week's show. So, of course, I get it. Work comes first sometimes. And Michelle turns her, looks over her shoulder at Joey says, Hello, Joe. And Joey's more than ready. Like, yeah, Danny, is it okay if I teach her? Well, he even offers, Danny even offers to teach her, like, tomorrow. Like, I'm free tomorrow. And that's not good enough for Michelle. She's like, tomorrow? No, I want to learn today. It's almost like, no, it has to be today. I can't wait. Yeah, she wants to learn how to ride so that way she can show up that kid wherever this kid. Unless he was some kid out in the front yard as Michelle, like, 
training wheeled past his house. Elle climbs off her bike and does a little prayer, like, please, 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 with the cherry on top. And Danny's like, oh, I can't resist that. You know I can't resist that. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, Joey can teach you. Although I'm going to be the one to teach you to drive on your 30th birthday. <laughs> oh, Danny. That would have been, I mean, I don't think the show ever would have went to the point where Michelle was old enough to drive. We didn't even get to see Stephanie take driving lessons from Danny. Now that would have been fun to watch. I would have gotten such a kick out of that. So Danny goes in the house and Joey says, Michelle, when I get finished with you, you're going to be riding on two wheels. And Michelle says, yes. And Joey says, popping wheelies. And Michelle says, yes. Jumping over school buses. And Michelle's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like, that's too far. Oh, Joey even says burning rubber. <laughs> Danny, dare I ask what you're doing? I'm cleaning my leaves. <laughs> you gonna clean every leaf in the garden? Of course not, Joey. That would be totally compulsive behavior. I'm just doing the dirty ones. Uh -huh. Hello, boy. Hey, biker babe, how's it going? Not good. A boy said, baby, baby, stick your head in gravy. Well, Michelle, if he said that, then he's the baby. Next time, you just be a big girl and say, so, so, suck your toe all the way to Mexico. You're a wonderful role model. Well, at least I don't simonize my plans. <laughs> Michelle, why would somebody call you a baby? Because I still need baby training wheels. Oh, honey, that's all right. Kids take off their training wheels at all different ages. I was even a little older than you. Danny, you still had training wheels on your paper route. I want to learn how to write right now. That's the Tanner spirit. I wonder who could teach me. Daddy? Michelle, I, honestly, I, I'd love to teach you, but Vicky's coming over and we've got to work on next week's shows. I'd love to teach you tomorrow. Tomorrow? Hello, Joe. Danny, can I teach her how to write? Please, 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 with a cherry on top. Uh, you know I can't say no to that. That's why I said it. Okay, sweetheart. But I am going to be the one that teaches you how to drive on your 30th birthday. Uh, Michelle, when I get finished with you, you're going to be riding on two wheels. Yeah. Burning rubber. Yeah. Popping wheelies. Yeah. Jumping over school buses. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. <laughs> so now we're going to jump to the next plot. So we're going to go to the attic apartment with Jesse and Becky. Becky's got the twins in their little car seats on their table. And she's just, just, ugh. So in love, gushing over how her babies are the most beautiful babies in the whole wide world. And Becky even says, I know every mother must say this about their babies, but you two really are the cutest babies in the world. And they're wearing my favorite color. They're wearing red, these babies. Aww. They're so adorable. You know, we only really got to see 
these twins for season five, and then they changed them out with, you know, Blake and Dylan Tumoy Wilhout, or however you pronounce their last name, and those are the twins that would carry the role from season six of Full House all the way to season eight, and also a couple episodes in Fuller House. But Jesse comes up from getting the mail, and he says, It is such a gorgeous day outside. Beautiful day in San Francisco. I say, why don't we pack the boys up and take them on their very first car ride? I mean, they already had a car ride, you know, home from the hospital <laughs> when they were born. But now this would be a for funsies trip. Let's just... Take them out and just, I think, yeah, it wouldn't be bad. I mean, you know, get them used to, you know, being in a car and all that stuff. And Becky's all for it. She's like, oh, wow, Jess, you know, that is a great idea. Can can we do that? And Jesse says, well, let's see. Uh, there are kids. You know, it's our car. I, I think it's legal. <laughs> when she said, can we do that? Because I don't know really how old the twins are, whether they're a few months old. Because they look to be at least maybe three to four months old at this point. But that's just judging the babies on their size, not how long in full house time, how what their ages are. But she's probably just like, can we do that? Is it, you know, we don't want the babies to get sick. Do you think they'll be able to handle it? You know, being the first car ride, we don't want them to get, you know, car sick or anything. I don't know. Jesse calls Nikki, Nickster, and Alex, Big Al. I'm happy they dropped the Big Al, because they, they tended to really run with that this season. I'm happy that they put that, that nickname to bed. Like, no, we don't need to use that anymore. Like, hey, you guys want to go for a car ride? And they're both babies are smiling like hey look at that look at their faces they're psyched they're ready to go and of course you can't just up and get like all right let's go you, you, you gotta take preparations gotta make sure i guess apparently one of them needs to take a nap and the other one needs to be changed and they gotta pack i mean I don't think they're going on an eight-hour excursion somewhere, <laughs> but um, even, like, just a, a half hour to an hour. I would think if it's their first car ride, you probably wouldn't want to make it too, too long just because you don't know how their stomachs, stomachs will do. But then again, I've seen shows and movies with some new parents that their babies aren't sleeping. Let's just drive them around in the car and they'll fall asleep kind of thing so I don't know but these babies here they look pretty resilient I think they'd be okay with a car ride and I guess she and Jesse used to just go on drives together it's like yeah just like the old days you know back before we had the most cutest babies in the whole wide world and Jesse says well yeah it's still kind of the same there's just uh, more of us that's all he says, Beth, we're still the same fun-loving, free-spirited people. There's just more of us. Yes, of course. Jesse's like, hey, I got the perfect place to go. The Harley shop. And Becky wants to go to her Aunt Ida's. Well, wait, wait. Hey, Quinny. Um, hold on a second here. This is season five. 
Easy Rider. Okay. Let me see here. Let me get the other one. Here it is. Where is the episode? Where, <laughs> where's um, 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 Sisters in Crime? I'm trying to figure out what that episode. That's directly after this one. Excuse me. So she already takes the babies in the next episode to go see Aunt Ida. So Aunt Ida gets to see them. Well, I don't know how much time passes between episode 13 and 14. But, yeah, those, yeah Ida's getting spoiled on the, the those babies. Aunt Ida, yeah, and Jesse's like, Aunt Ida's. And Becky's. The Harley shop. Like, why would I want to go... Because they're boys. That's why he wants to take them. Like, oh, I have boys. I can do the stuff that I like to do and get. hopefully they'll share the same interests, even though they're less than six months old. <laughs> I don't know what an Ultra Glide is, but Jesse says, well, the new Ultra Glides are in. And the kids said they were just dying to see them. And Becky is like, oh, well, I want to check out Aunt Ida's new do, her new hairdo. She's got a new haircut. What? This seems like a, a, a lame excuse to visit some. Oh, they just got a new haircut. I want to go check it out. I want to get it. Yeah, she wants to go and get all the hot goss from uh, Nebraska. Like, what's up with everyone? What's going on? Like. Give me deets. Who's married to who? Who's divorced? Who's not on speaking terms? All that fun stuff. And, oh, it's a new hairdo. And Ida's got a new hairdo. Oh, good golly. Well, Becky, what if they just did their own thing with, you know, like Jesse takes Nikki to the Harley shop, Becky takes Alex with her to Aunt Ida. And Jesse, I agree with him. Why he wouldn't want to go see her? He's like, Aunt Ida hates me, okay? She hates me. Why would you want to go see someone you know, you you feel, you know basically hates your guts? Who would want that? Who would do that to themselves? And Jesse says, yeah, she calls me the hoodlum. And Jesse says, you know, for as a wedding gift to you, she got you that book. Smart women, foolish choices. What in the world? Becky, I would not be, if that were my Aunt Ida, and she gave me that book as a wedding gift, I'd be like, okay, we're done. I am no longer going to be in contact with you. I want nothing to do with you. You're not doing, no, just no. Becky's like, oh, honey, she's just kidding. You know how she likes to joke. Like, uh-huh, yeah, I love her humor. <sighs> I love how Becky's like, oh, Jesse, she's just kidding. Uh-huh, yeah, I love her humor. He's like, I love her comedy. Well, the fact that Jesse probably does get that, especially for the wedding episode, he got that right. I mean, Jesse, uh, Becky's mom, no problem. Becky's dad, on the other hand, is not a fan of Jesse's at all. They probably wanted Becky to marry a farmer or a businessman. Businessman or just somebody, some well-to-do. I'm sure they all cried when she left Nebraska to go to San Francisco to go to California. 
Like, <laughs> remember that episode, Trouble in Twin Town, where Larry Appleton played her cousin with those twins, and that lady with the giraffe neck was his wife. <laughs> and hello, love news on the home front. They said someone named Mary Ellen Matthews married Doyce Plunk, Becky's old boyfriend. Yeah, we all thought that she was going to marry him. And Becky says, I was never going to marry Doyce. Just the name, Doyce Plunk. What? Oh my gosh. Why do they have such ridiculously high standards for Becky and their opinions of who she's married to is just, I don't get it. And Becky's like, honey, come on, she's still my aunt. And, you know, she's been begging me to bring the twins over. Next episode, she's going to get spoiled on those twins. If you think about it, she gets to see those twins more than Becky's parents do. We'll go to the Harley shop first, and we're going to go see Ida's new do, and, you know, we'll still be spontaneous, and, uh, we're going to ride like the wind. Okay, so, of course, there are some things you got to do before you can take them out. Alex needs to be fed, and I guess Nikki needs to take a nap. He can't nap on the drive. Just let him nap on the drive. Why are you going to wait for him to take a nap? He can nap on the way. How long do kids got a nap for? Two to three hours? Becky says, you know, we don't want them to be cranky when we go to Aunt Ida's. <laughs> Jesse's like, yeah, Ida's cranky enough for all of us. I mean, when we see this woman, she is kind of a crotchety, you know, older lady who's set in her ways and has an opinion about everything. Oh, the ones that are so stuck in the then times that they can't, uh, they're kind of stuck in their own ways. They refuse to do or learn anything new. You two are the most beautiful babies in the whole world. Why do look like they're about ready to cry? Now, I know every other mother says that, but every other mother is wrong. Because you two really are the most beautiful babies in the whole world. Yeah, that one looks like a very fair. Hi, honey. Yeah, listen, I was just out getting the mail, and let me tell you something. It is a perfect day in San Francisco. So I got a great idea. I say we pack the kids up and we take them on their very first car ride. What do you think? Jess, that's a great idea. Can we do that? Well, they're our kids. It's our car. I think it's legal. <laughs> what do you say? Next to Big Al, you catch want to go for a ride? Yeah. All right. Boy, just like the old days, I can't believe we're going to do this. We're going to hop in the car. We're going to take a drive just like we did before we had the two most beautiful babies in the whole world. <laughs> Back, we're still the same fun-loving, free-spirited people we've always been. It's just there's more of us, that's all. Now, i got the perfect place to go. The Aunt Harley Ida's. shop. Aunt Ida's. Quinn, do you the want to go to Aunt shop. Ida's? Yeah, the new Alton are in. The kids were just saying yesterday they were dying to see him. But Aunt shop? Ida's got a new hairdo. <laughs> Aunt Ida hates me, all right? She calls me the hoodlum. For your wedding, she got you that book, Smart Women, Foolish Choices. Oh, she's kidding. Just yeah, kidding. I love her comedy. <laughs> Jess, come on, honey. 
Bernie. She's still my aunt. Besides, she's been begging me to bring the twins over. All right, all right, okay. Well, we'll visit the Harley shop. We'll go check out Ida's new do, okay? And then, it's great. We'll be, like, spontaneous, you know? All right, we're gonna ride like the wind, huh, boys? Ride like the wind, huh? Okay. Grab a kid, let's go. All right, oh, wait, honey. Before we ride like the wind, Alex needs to be fed. Yes, he does. And Nikki needs to take a nap. Oh. Yeah, we don't want them to be cranky when we go to Aunt Ida's. Yeah. Ida's cranky enough for all of us. All right. Here we go, boys. You got to eat and take a nap. Then when we're done, you're going to ride like the wind, huh? Doesn't that sound great? <laughs> they can hardly contain themselves. So, yeah, it's a Saturday afternoon. We got DJ and Stephanie. This is a moment that I actually like between them because they're both laying sideways on the couch. Their backs are up against each other, so they're both kind of propping each other up. They got a big bowl of popcorn sitting on the coffee table within arm's reach. And they're wa- it sounds like they're watching like the MTV weekend weekly countdown. And DJ's, oh, I hate this video. Where's the remote? And Stephanie says, eh, it's on top of the TV. <laughs> Neither of them wants to move it. Why would you put it way up there? I don't get that. DJ's like, oh, well, I'll just watch it. So I'm looking at the coffee table. It looks like there is a big coffee table-sized book. A, I think about... It says boxing. I thought, you know, being Joey's big into hockey, that it'd be like a hockey book. But in white, bold letters, it says boxing on it. So Danny basically comes out into the living room. And he, yeah, he basically wants to kick the girls out who are there first. So he can sit on the couch with Vicky and go over their notes for the upcoming week's show. He's like, hey, and I like how he's not trying to be subtle about it. Like, oh, girls, you know it's a nice day outside? Sun's out, no rain? You want to go get some fresh air? And the girls are like, no. (laughs) It's like he's just grasping at straws at this point. Uh, do you have any homework to do? They, They say, no. Like, we did our homework. It's done. It's the weekend. Danny asked him, uh, do you have any friends? Hey, what's Kimmy doing? Go hang out with Kimmy, DJ. Go to the mall. It's the weekend. Why aren't they at the mall? I was just thinking about this. I was actually at the mall, uh, today, and I think it was another, I think it was Wednesday also I was at the mall. And I was also at a different mall this week. I did go and meet, even though, you know, I'm recording this in the middle of August. I got to meet Philip Glasser, who did the voice for Fievel from An American Tale and An American Tale Fievel Goes West. Also the television series as well. It was really, really cool. And I pulled my Fievel out of, my stuffed Fievel out of storage so I could bring it and get, you know, my picture taken. And then of course, later that evening, you know, they were playing An American Tale at a theater in Dallas, or Richards, I think, and he actually is going to be doing a live q and I'm like, oh, cool, yeah, fill the glass or twice in one day, why not? It was really fun. 
I mean, I don't think I had watched an American Tale all the way through in a very, very many years. And I believe an American Tale was the first movie that I saw in the theater. That I recollect anyway. Because it would have come out in 86. I would have been four. And I, that honestly is my earliest memory of being in a movie theater. Because I remember on the drive home, I was singing the duet between Tiger and Fievel. Yeah, these girls are not budging. And Danny is straight up, like, crying, begging, like, let me give you another option. Please leave. Yeah, he turns the TV off and says, look, I have to work in here. I'm thinking, Danny, you have other areas in the house you can go to. You can go to the kitchen. You can go to the backyard. You can go to the studio downstairs. There, you have all sorts of privacy. Why do you got to kick the kids out of the living room? How often, with all the people in the house, how often do they get to have the TV to themselves? The fact that Stephanie and, and DJ actually agreed on what to watch. They're both into the music videos. Yeah, he says Vicky's coming over, and immediately DJ and Stephanie's sit up and they're like ooh they're they are teasing him cuz they know yeah he's like oh there's nothing to ooh about and it stops yes there is you kissed her there are no secrets in that house i'm telling you everyone knows everyone's business you can't keep a secret in the house if you tried I like DJ's enthusiasm because Danny is clearly embarrassed because they're kind of teasing him. <laughs> and DJ says, Dad, don't don't be so embarrassed. I mean, seriously, you guys make a really cute couple. I don't think they've established that they're a couple and they're dating. I mean, they're not like teenagers where it's like, oh, we kissed once and now we're dating. No, that's not really how it works. But yeah, you know, you, you would make such a cute couple. DJs, oh my, okay. Mm, 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 mm. Stephanie's sweater, cream egg white with embroidered flowers of many colors. Red, um, butter yellow, light, the same blue that is... <laughs> holding that the bowl of the bowl that's holding the popcorn. That ooh, Stephanie is in the running. Stephanie is in the running for worst outfit. DJ, now I like her. I am a fan of plaid, and she is wearing. I would say either I can never tell the difference between magenta and fuchsia if they're relatively close to the same color, but she's got. It's a plaid shirt with magenta fuchsia <laughs> and then two different shades of green. One could be like a forest green. One could be like a olive green. And she's got a dark green long sleeve shirt underneath. And she also has a green scrunchie. So she's kind of going kind of... She didn't have the magenta mixed in with that two different shades of green plaid shirt. She'd be going full leprechaun right now. Not the horror movie leprechaun, just a leprechaun. No specific one in, you know, that I'm 
yeah, no leprechaun specific, just a leprechaun. And Danny says, look, it was just one little goodnight kiss, all right? And we haven't even talked about that. Oh, my gosh, guys. Um, <laughs> Speaking of somebody who did date a co-worker, um, that does make things awkward. <laughs> Mainly on my part, because <laughs> I'm just an awkward person. And, you know, I was young at the time and, and all of that. So... And you always hear about work-related romances. Just, they can be messy, especially if things don't end well and you still have to work with the person. But just in general, just some of the, the backlash you get from your co-workers and everything. And it's just like, plus, it changes things when you work together. Like, you can't be all PDA and stuff on the clock and all that either. <laughs> you don't know you definitely you can't do that but just it just uh changes things but i mean for me it worked out for me right right because i am marrying the first person i dated that i worked with so <laughs> uh but it just it is especially you know we're working together on a daily basis just the two of them so it's like you gotta you know the whole saying don't mix business with pleasure and everything like that keep your work life and your love life separate which we all know that Vicky once Becky comes back from maternity leave that Vicky is given the opportunity to take another job however it is in a whole other state it's in San it's in Chicago which is way over close to Michigan I mean Danny and Vicky, they make it work for the majority of it. But I think that distance apart, whereas they are not working together and stuff like that, that kind of, I think it kind of helped a little bit in, in a way that they weren't, you know. But, I mean, they for the, for the majority of it, they do keep as professional as they can while they're being on camera and everything around people. So, well, that's another thing. Long-distance relationships, I've never been in one, but I can imagine that it does take a lot of work, a lot of commitment, and just, you know, sometimes it just, it doesn't work out. Like Danny and Vicky, sadly, they had to accept the fact that they both were at different places in their lives. I mean, if Danny had waited, say, a good 15 years, all the girls would have been doing their own thing. They would have been either college or wherever. And Danny would have been at the point where he and Vicky could be together. But just as it stands, in season seven, when they broke up, He's like, well, I can't uproot my family. You know, if it were just me, I'd move with you in a second, but in a heartbeat, but I can't do that. So it's just sometimes, and sometimes I think it's just some couples can be meant to be. It's just a matter of the timing in life and what you got going on. The timing has to, has to work out. Like maybe you're not meant to be at this moment, but maybe down the road. But anyway, let's move on. Yeah, and Danny tells her we haven't even talked about it once, like, at all. And DJ and Stephanie stand up from the couch, and DJ just can't. Like, you've worked together all week, and neither of you has brought it up yet. It's 
a dicey subject. The moment they kiss, that changes something. They're no longer co-workers that just work together. Now you got this whole romantic mess. Clearly they're attracted to one another. They kissed. Now they have to explore what exactly does this kiss mean? Does it mean more to me than it does to you? And, you know, that's something that they need to discuss. Does it mean we should be in a relationship? Or does it mean we should kind of pull back and examine where we both are? And the thing is, DJ, she's like telling Danny, why are you such a chicken? DJ, he is a grown adult. He is a grown man. DJ, the way that she is looking at this, she is looking at it through the eyes of a child slash teenager who she has not seriously dated yet. Steve's not even in the picture yet. So she's kind of looking at it from that standpoint of what a teenage girl would do if she, you know, had kissed a boy or vice versa or whatever. So she's looking at it from that standpoint and it's like, it's different, DJ. They're adults. They work together. This could make things very complicated. It's not that easy. But I agree, like, you do need to just, with DJs, you do need to discuss this. Because it's only going to get more awkward the more you avoid it. And the longer you put it off. Yeah, even Stephanie starts, like, tucking in her hands into her, her thumbs into her, her armpits and making chicken flapping noises and, like, bah, 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 bah. oh, my goodness. Like, girls, go find something to do. Go hang out with Kimmy. Go to the mall. And he's like, girls, will you just give me a break, okay? I mean, maybe she doesn't even remember the kiss. Maybe she hated it. And DJ tells him, hey, think positive. Maybe she doesn't remember she hated it. I, I'm not going into that. I'm not going into the deets on that. So doorbell rings and Danny's like, oh no, that's Vicky. And DJ and Stephanie again are like, ooh. And Danny says, look, there's nothing between us. As he sprays banaka into his mouth, uh, says the man. There's nothing between us, says the man who just sprayed banaka into his mouth. Uh, gotta make sure that breath is fresh. I think that's gonna be, like, the number one worry when it comes to kissing is either bad breath or, oh, did I forget to brush my teeth? Did I floss? Are my lips chapped? <laughs> the main worries, am I breathing through my, my nose or however? It's just, yeah. But I think definitely bad breath is one thing that really stands out above a lot of things. I mean, if your lips are chapped, who cares? But if your breath is bad, that's going to make, yeah, it an unpleasant experience. I remember reading trivia about Gone with the Wind that Clark Gable had halitosis, which is really beyond horrible bad breath. And, I mean, Vivian Lee, who played Scarlett O'Hara, she, uh, yeah, I can only imagine what those scenes must have been like. I would think there's got to be something out there that kind of combats halitosis. I mean, there's got to be. I mean, that movie was came out in, like, the late 30s. There's got to be something, that a pill or 
a spray or something that helps. I'm going to look that up because it's that. I'm going to look that up. Oh no, I hate this video. Where's the remote? It's on top of the TV. Oh well. Girls, it's such a beautiful day outside. Wouldn't you like to uh, go get some fresh air? No. Would you have some homework to do? No. You have some friends you want to hang out with? No. Let me give you another option. Please leave. <laughs> Look, I gotta work in here, okay? Because Vicky's coming over. Ooh. There is nothing to ooh about. Yeah, right. Oh, yes, there is. You kissed her. <laughs> Dad, don't be so embarrassed. You two make a cute couple. Go for it. Look, it was one little goodnight kiss. We haven't even talked about it since. What? You've worked with her every day for a week and you haven't even brought it up? Why are you such a chicken? I am not a chicken. This is a very delicate situation, and I'm just proceeding cautiously because it's... <laughs> you girls, please give me a break. Maybe she doesn't even remember the kiss. Maybe she hated it. Well, think positive. Maybe she doesn't remember she hated it. Okay, I just thought of something here. The fact that he wants to take over the living room, and especially the couch, so he and Vicky can work together. The couch in this type of situation is a, could be a very intimate spot, just the fact that you're sitting in close proximity. If I were him, I'd be like, hey, let's go to the kitchen. We got the table. We can spread every all the uh, papers out and all that stuff that we need to do. Plus, you know, you're there if you need refreshments. And let the girls have the TV. I mean, if he's not ready to discuss this kiss, you think sitting right next to someone hip to hip is going to make it any easier to broach this subject? At least that way he's like, hey, all right, I'm going to sit here. You can sit across the table over on that side, at the end of the table, across from me. <laughs> I don't know. So I looked up about halitosis. Someone actually asked, can you catch halitosis? Um, let's see. Something usual. Are susceptible to catching halitosis from their partners. Many patients have a chemical imbalance in their saliva because they have a weakened immune system as a result of illness or through taking antibiotics. This prevents the flow of saliva in the mouth, which leads to, what, I'm guessing, bad breath. Apparently, there are home remedies that you can get rid of halitosis. Gargle with salt water, sip on ginger tea, take heartburn meds, add honey to your drinks, enjoy a hot bath or shower, hydrate, grab a lozenge, and try and... This is for getting rid of halitosis? I think it's more than that. I honestly think that some of the... I don't think... This is... The, I think... I thought... Halitosis... I thought it's like a medical condition. Like, you had to take a pill or something. Um... I mean, can it be cured? Can be treated successfully. Several of the most common causes of halitosis combined with the implementation of modern diagnostic tools and the highly effective therapies mean that the medical treatment is possible in almost all cases. Wow. Interesting. 
Uh, try to quit. Well, yeah, wasn't he the actor Clark Gable? Wasn't he in the, like the smoking and the chewing tobacco or something to that effect? Or I don't know. Uh, breathe more through your nose instead of your mouth. Decrease your stress as much as possible. Gotcha. Alright, well, that is very interesting. Um, I don't have to worry about that. At least, I don't think I do. I haven't been told anything bad about my breath. But, uh, I mean, I'm sure if that were the case, somebody would have said something. So I'm always make sure my teeth are brushed, using the mouthwash, all that good stuff. Putting, you know, I have those cinnamon discs and, you know, Altoids, Icebreakers, stuff like that. Okay, you know what? I think we have a new contender for worst outfit. Holy Mugu. Look at Vicky's. <laughs> it just looks like a patchwork quilt shirt minus the patches and it's basically a patchwork the coat of many colors in sweater form for Vicky and her hair it's not bad here I mean when I think of Vicky's hair being like the worst it could ever be in my eyes anyway it's gonna be season seven's the breakup episode with Danny and Vicky. Her hair, I don't know whether the actress like colored it or she was wearing a wig, but it was so brown to the point where it bordered on black. And I just didn't like here is it's okay, but I I think my favorite would probably be I I I think the season six finale where they go to Disney World. I like the curls, the bouncing curls. Her hair looked really good there. Whereas here, it's got a little bit of a curl, but kind of a wave to it. Like it's kind of curly on one side, and then it's straight with a little like flip on the end. So Vicky comes in, and Stephanie, girl, you need to know when to not say anything. She's like, oh hi Vicky, we were just talking about you. And Danny jumps up, like, oh no, we weren't talking about you. I mean, we were talking about the fact that you were right outside the door. And then he finally tells Deej and Steph, like, you girls, like, skedat, like, do something. Not be here right now is what I mean. <laughs> Find something to do. Your, your kids. I know the internet is not huge and you don't have cell phones yet, but there are things you could do. Go to the mall. Here's... A hundred dollars. Go to the mall. Go do stuff. Go find Kimmy. See what she's up to. DJ. <laughs> wow, girl. You are not subtle. She's like, oh, well, you know, we're going to go to the store. Do you need anything? Uh, juice, milk, chapstick. <laughs> yeah, and Vicky, the look on Vicky's face is like, yeah, the girls know. Of course they know. Because she's got this embarrassed, like, oh, thanks, Danny. You told them about our kiss. And Danny says, thank you, girls. We'll be fine. You know what? Take your time at the store. Jeez, Steph, just go. <laughs> she says, oh, Dad, are you sure you don't need any more banaka? Danny's like, no, honey, just just go, okay? <laughs> Aren't they precious? <laughs> Danny sh shuts the door. Talk about awkward. Oh, my goodness. Especially for Vic. I mean, I get Danny's embarrassed, but Vicky, she's like, 
Gosh, you kiss a guy once and then you gotta hear hear it from the kids. Danny, what all did you tell them? Do you tell your kids ever er, <laughs> about all your dates? There's nothing between us. <laughs> talking about the fact that you were just outside the door but now that you're inside <laughs> our talk is pretty much over and thanks for catching me up well Seth let's go to the store do you guys need anything milk juice chapstick thanks we'll be fine you can take your time at the store are you sure you don't need any more banaka dad bye girls <laughs> aren't they precious I mean, Vicky, as well as anybody, could see, like, Danny is really jumpy. He's clearly nervous. <laughs> and, Vicky, yeah, Vicky does pick up on it. Like, Danny, you seem anxious or nervous. Is anything the matter? Is anything wrong? He's like, oh, no, 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 no. And she's like, well, great, let's get to work then. <laughs> so, so far, I mean, Vicky is putting up a... A positive front here where she's not going to bring up the kiss. She's trying, I guess she's just trying to combat it from a professional standpoint. Like, oh yeah, we kissed, but we also do work together. So let's just not talk about it. So she made a list of possible guests for next week's show. Of course, when they have to at least get clearance from, or at least, you know, get the okay from the producer and the director of the show before they can't just start calling but like hey we got you do you want to be a guest on the show it's like no that would clearly have to go through someone higher up oh the list that she comes up with is a bit far-fetched joe montana uh henry kissinger it's supposed to be kissinger she says henry kisser she even says Sean Penn. Why would he in this year of 1991, right? This is towards the end of 91. December 91. Very end. What was Sean Penn? We know he's an actor. He's also a director. And... I mean, what was he doing movie-wise? Because he'd been, he even had been in an episode or two of Little House. Whether he had actual lines, I, I can't remember. I'm just trying to find where he's an actor. And I don't care about self-appearances necessarily. Uh, hold on. Alright, so, of course, his earliest work, movie-wise, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, he played Jeff Spicoli, who I believe, he was kind of a, um, he was like a surfer kid with long, wavy blonde hair who, you know, smoked the ganja and whatnot. It's one of those, uh, he apparently had a cameo in, uh, uncredited cameo in Risky Business. See, I'm just trying to see anything I would even recognize him from. 
I, I think the most notable thing up to 91 at least is going to be it's going to be Fast Times at Richmond High because the only other thing he was in something called Racing with the Moon which I've never seen and then a handful of other you know little things it wouldn't have been until he was in a movie called Carlito's Way but that came out in 95 and then of course Dead Man Walking with Susan Sarandon. He played an inmate on death row. So I just <laughs> don't know why she would have chose Sean. Unless she's talking of another Sean Penn, but I don't think so. Danny caught that kiss of that Henry Kisser right away. It's supposed to be Kissinger. He's like, uh, wait, wait a minute. Kisser? And she sets down her... Note, white notebook in, on the coffee table and says, uh, excuse me? Danny, correct me, you just said Henry Kisser. And she's, oh, no, I didn't. No, right here. See, it's it's Henry Kissinger. Nikki, I heard you. Danny heard you. We all heard you say Kisser. You can't deny it. Yeah, Vicky, why would you say Henry Kisser? <laughs> Slip the tongue there. <laughs> He's like, uh, well, you know, why, why would you say that? I mean, it's not in your lips. I, I mean, your list right here. <laughs> yeah, they're clearly, <laughs> this whole avoiding it, pretending the kiss never happened, or trying to manage some semblance of professionalism, <laughs> it's not working. <laughs> you guys just need to get this out in the open. Danny says, Vicky, why are we doing this to ourselves? I mean, we both know that we kissed last week. And she is, like, really trying to focus. But Danny is just looking at her with those eyes of his. And she is looking at him like, we just, I think it would be best for all intents and purposes to forget that it ever happened. Once a kiss is out there, it's out there. And you can't say that a kiss is just a kiss. It doesn't mean anything because that's not true. A, as according to One Tree Hill, Peyton Sawyer, a kiss always means something. And he's like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's forgotten. And of course, she's like, yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's not that it wasn't a nice kiss. I mean, it was, it was good. And it's like, well, like, guys, you really just gotta, come on now. Stop dancing around the maypole. You both know you are attracted to each other. You did kiss. You guys clearly should, could date and work around this whole dating and working together issue. I mean, people do it. They can make that leap from just co-workers to dating. I'm not saying that it's not going to be messy at times and confusing, but people have been known to make it work. I mean, I made it work as best as I could, my jealous self, but I did it. I'm not saying I handled it always with the level of maturity of a 21-year-old, but I did <laughs> as best as I could. I mean, honestly, if I had it to do over, if, like, I, I, I told Jeremy, like, I don't know if, I would want to work together. Not that the opportunity would ever represent itself, but I'm just like, I don't know if I would want to do that. <laughs> Honestly, be all kinds of awkward.
not that I can't separate, you know, work and personal life and everything, but it's just like, hmm. Danny is surprised. Is it? Oh, really? Like, because she said she enjoyed the kiss. He's like, yeah, I, I liked it too. Coming at this, it seems like, I mean, they're coming at this like they're two teenagers who have never, have kissed for the first time, like, ever at all. The, the, it just feels like the, the awkwardness just feels very teenagery and less adulty. Yeah, he keeps going on saying how much he liked the kiss a lot. And he's like, but that doesn't matter because it, they say together, it never happened. Elf tries to get them back on track with the notes, the list, and all that stuff. He, didn't I say, didn't I say the kitchen would have been a better, a better place to work? You wouldn't be in close proximity, hip to hip. You would have space between you. Yeah. Danny, you seem a little nervous. Is anything wrong? No, 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 no. Well, great. Then should we get to work? Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, yes, yes. I made a list of possible guests for next week. Uh, Joe Montana, Henry Kisser, Sean Penn. Uh, Kisser? Excuse me? You just said Henry Kisser. Uh, no, I said Henry Kissinger. It's written right there. Why would I say Henry Kisser? Yeah, why well, would you say that? <laughs> right, why would you say that? It's not on your lips. Your list. Your list. <laughs> Vicki, why are we doing this? We both know that we kissed last week. You're right. And now that it's out in the open, I, I think the best thing to do is to forget it ever happened. Right. It, it, it's forgotten. Whatever it was. I mean, not that it wasn't a, a nice kiss. I liked it. Really? Why would you think she didn't? I liked it, too. A lot. <laughs> It doesn't matter now because uh, it, <laughs> it never, never happened. happened. So. All right, so let's go back to plot one. Joey is in the park with Michelle. He has got her dressed in the most efficient safety gear money can buy. She's got a helmet. She's got the elbow pads. She's got the knee pads. She's got what looks like. If you, you know, you're kind of in the 80s and whatnot, you grew up with the, you know, the poo the puffy moon boots, like, for the winter times and stuff. Like, they're kind of like that, but not. They're more on the slimmer side. And I was like, yeah, and she's got, like, skiing goggles with the red plastic. I'm like, for heaven's sake, I can imagine that she's probably, like, you know, you're having me wear all this protective equipment, and I am worried, like, what is going to happen? <laughs> I can see why she says I can barely move. Like, her knees and feet would be so weighed down, she'd barely be able to, like, lift her knees and feet up to be able to even push the pedals. It's like she's got, like, ten... Five pounds on <laughs> sitting on her knees while she's got another like ten pounds on her feet and another you know five pounds on her elbows and a ten pound helmet. Oh my goodness! 
this makes me think of, there was, I think it might have been, what was it? Was it the Victoria, Victoria Stilwell, It's Me or the Dog reality show where uh, this British woman comes in and helps people with their dogs, train them better to understand their dogs and all this stuff. One thing in particular, there is a, I think it was a dachshund that was extremely overweight to the point where it could barely walk this poor dog so she takes how much the dog is overweight like if the dog's like at least like 30 plus pounds overweight and she takes those that amount of weight puts it on the owner's body and has them walk down the sidewalk to understand to feel what that excess weight is doing to their dog when the dog walks. And I'm just thinking, that's what it feels like Joey has done with Michelle, with the knee pads, the elbow pads. You'd think he were sending her out rollerblading, which I did a smidge of that when I was 11, 12. I attempted, I actually went out years ago and bought some roller, like, I don't know how to rollerblade. I put them on, right? Of course I'm unsteady on my feet. You're on rollerblades. You have nothing to balance yourself with. And I just was like, okay, nope, these are going back. I'm returning them. I'm never going to use them again. <laughs> and that's what I did. I returned them. Like, it was like one of those flights of fans, like, oh, I'm going to get this and use it. And then you don't. And then you're like, well, I'm going to return this. I never should have bought it in the first place. One of those purchases, like, you know, in the back of your mind, you're regretting it as you're purchasing it. But then you're trying to dissuade yourself into reasons why you want to buy it anyway. <laughs> You know you're never going to use this treadmill. <laughs> but I got to get in shape. You use it like once or twice a month. And then you're like, now it's just sitting here collecting dust. Yeah, he says, well, better safe than sorry when she says, I can barely move. He says, oh, you don't want to get hurt. I mean, wouldn't... I can understand maybe pedaling on the grass would be a little bit, maybe it's much safer, but it wouldn't have, because you're not going to be riding on the grass all the time. You're going to be either on, well, I know, I don't, I don't know, are you supposed to be on a sidewalk or on the road? I don't know, I, just, I don't know. When I was a kid, when I was riding a bike, yeah, I was riding in the road. I was in the country. And in our house, where it was positioned right next to the hill of a road where people will come up over that hill going like 50 plus miles an hour and if little old me if I'm riding a bike I need to watch what's going on because somebody could boom just hit me and I don't <laughs> did not want that to happen speaking of that hill that people like go like 40 50 miles an hour over cresting the top of that hill my my dog the one I got, I had had before I was born, she would lay right at the bottom of that, like, basically where our driveway was, in, in the road, just lay there. 
people coming over that hill would have to literally slam on their brakes to keep from hitting her. It's like she was doing her part in making sure that people obeyed the speed limit. And she clinged, like, her, why, why, why didn't you say that word? Like, Joey, what's going to happen to me? <laughs> He's like, well, I mean, you won't necessarily get hurt hurt but I mean this way you'll be protected in case you fall and she's like fall more bad words it's like okay forget about those bad words okay let's just focus on getting you on the so of course now that the training wheels are off they're gonna understand like yes this is going to be intimidating because you don't have the extra wheels on the back to balance you you are basically going to have to balance yourself and find your center to keep yourself on that bike. I mean, how is that really any different than learning how to balance on a skateboard? Yeah, you know, now that I think about it, a skateboard would probably be more difficult than riding a bike because skateboards are all about balancing your body. Whereas... If you think, I mean, the bike itself, you know, once you get momentum and you're using the pedals and steering with your arms and stuff like that, there, my sister had a 10-speed bike, and I remember, the, I was maybe 10 or 11, I think the seat, the problem was, I had to look, put the bike up against the side of, uh, the steps to the porch at my grandparents' house. So, okay, I'm going to prop that up, and then that way I can get on the bike. Well, sure, I could get on the bike, but the seat was too high up. And I could barely reach the pedals. So I, I'm trying to think if I actually end up falling off that bike. That bike was too big for me. <laughs> I should not have been on it to begin with. But I just thought, like, oh, that can't be too hard. I can do it. I think one time, even when I was riding my bike, I had gotten my, did I get my shoelace caught? I think I did. Whether it was in the, I think it might have been either the pedal or the chain or something. I had gotten it caught and ended up like tipping my bike over. Joey, she would forget about the words if you bad words if you would stop putting them in her head, falling off and getting hurt. This book, this book, this bike looks. Is this the same bike that she loses in season seven? I think it, it the bicycle thief episode because she's got. The basket on it that has like I thought it had like a Kermit sticker. I mean it doesn't now, but um, that bike could last and last. All she'd have to do is keep raising the seat as she gets taller and her legs get longer. Joey demonstrates how to ride the bike, and of course, as he's doing it on the sidewalk in the park, a beautiful young woman on a bike passes him by, and Joey is just—he's—he's he's desperate. He wants to, you know, like, heaven forbid, this beautiful woman sees me on this little child bike. What is she going to think? And, of course, Joey's, like, showing up, like, hey, nothing to it, no hands. <laughs> oh, actually, was like, hello. 
<laughs> She's like, oh my gosh, a grown man riding a child's bike. What is this? Crazy goofiness. He just, oh, desperation just reeks off of him in waves. He says, oh, this isn't my bike. Because <laughs> he's, he he's turns the bike around like he's doing a little yui a little u-turn he's like hey this isn't my bike uh that's not my kid i'm available oh my goodness joey have some respect for yourself i'm sure she isn't into big guys with little bikes so joey does the whole typical i'm gonna hold on to the back you're gonna get on the bike you're gonna start pedaling and steering at the same time and then I'm just going to hold on to the back. The way that he explains it, like, yeah, just get on the bike, start pedaling, and easy peasy. She's like, oh, wow, that's it. And he's like, yep, simple, simple. Nothing to it. I mean, you saw me do it, right? Look, I did a little wheelie. Well, not a wheelie, not a popping a wheelie like, you know, all the young boys would do on their bikes. Like, oh, look at me. I'm popping a wheelie with my bike. I'm lifting it into the air. Uh, show-offs. Every one of them show-offs. I mean, I can't say that I didn't attempt to try to do a wheelie with mine, but I failed miserably every time because I cannot <laughs> get the front of my bike to lift up. Or the front wheel. <laughs> it's like it weighed 10,000 pounds. I do remember finding a piece of plywood to use as a ramp and set it against the stairs of the porch at the at the farm at the grandparents house although i did get in trouble my cousins and i did get in trouble like don't do that that's dangerous <laughs> he he tells her like honey i'm gonna hold on to the back of the seat we got this you just pedal and steer so actually what he's doing is he even holding the seat no he was holding the handlebars and kind of gliding her along and michelle is just like a free bird just this is easy! It is! It really, once you get going, yeah. He could have explained to her how to stop also, because, you know, this isn't a 10-speed. It doesn't have the hand brakes on it. It's got the kind where you're going to push down on one of the pedals, and that's going to stop the bike. He really should have told her about that. I get it, you want to master riding the bike, but you should also master stopping as well. Is she real? Once she gets momentum, she is just like, boom, off like a shot. And I think it's the fact that she gets a little too confident. Like, oh, this is simple. This is easy. But, and Joy says, oh, that a girl, you're doing it all by yourself. And Michelle says, I am, holy cow. Does she not realize that Joey is not holding on to the back anymore? Oh, she veered off to the left pretty quickly. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And she just falls into a, a bush. That doesn't even look like a printer bush. I'm trying to get this. So he says, Veta girl, you're doing it all by yourself. And she says, I am? Holy cow. And it's like, it's that more of a surprise, like, oh, I'm doing this all by myself. Maybe she still thought maybe Joey was holding on to the back. And when she realized it was just her kind of at the wheel, kind of doing it all, she probably, that confidence she might have had for a minute just kind of shook her. And then she started to wobble. And then she 
lost her balance on it. And I mean, she's still on the bike as it tips off to the left. And there's a good amount of five feet of space between the edge of that sidewalk and those bushes over there. So Joey rushes over like, oh, Michelle, I'm so sorry. Are you hurt? She pulls off the ski goggles, looks at him and says, you let go of me. Joey tells her, like, honey, I, I just let go because you were doing so well. You didn't need me to hold on to the back of your seat anymore. And she comes at him with, well, then why am I in this bush? He pulls her out of the, the bushes there. Like, I think you're going to be okay. It's all right. Turns out she's got a scrape on her hand. Those, the bike is still in the bushes, by the way. That scrape does, uh, it looks like a cat came at her with its claws. Like, like there's like several lines of scratches on it. I'm just thinking, I'm surprised that he didn't put like, here, let's put on some bicycle gloves or something. Because it's just the one palm, or not the palm, I'm sorry, the back of the hand that got, you know, scrapes on it. So I'm surprised. I thought she was going to get like, because her face, the only thing protected out of her face is the goggles that go all the way down to her cheekbones. But, you know, she didn't get her face, she didn't get scratches on her face or anything like that. Just the one hand. But it's enough that she, her confidence is now shaken. She's not going to trust Joey because she landed in a bush. Like, you said that I, I was doing good. How did I end up in this bush exactly? It's not a bad scrape. You're going to be just fine. So instead of saying, hey, let's just call it a day, she's like, well, let's try and get back on the bike and just attempt it again. And she's like, are you nuts? I'm never going to trust you again. I would have been like, all right, let's put a pin in it for the bike for now because we want to get you home and get that cut cleaned up yeah yeah she's like what are you nuts and then she starts walking away from joey he's like this time i promise i won't let go and michelle says i'll never trust you again which understandably so he let go and she fell in the bush so now it's just not that she won't ever trust trust joey again her trust has been broken shaken her confidence is shaken she doesn't even want to have anything to do with her bike anymore. Feel, well, you could, she was riding that bike into the backyard. They could have practiced in the backyard, and when the time came to be on the sidewalk, she could have worked up to that. But she had, you got to master that balance. Because not only are you pedaling, but you're steering and balancing yourself at the same time. Uh, is he going to go back and get the bike? Because he starts following her. He's like, Michelle, come on, honey, I'm sorry. I was like, get, get the bike before someone steals it. But Michelle, stop. Because, you know, they still got to drive home. I don't think they walked there. With the bike. <laughs> I don't think that would have happened. So that's going to be a silent car ride. Alright, Michelle. You got your helmet. You got your goggles. You got your elbow pads. You got your knee pads. You got your shin pads. You ready to ride? I don't know if I can move. Well, better safe than sorry. You don't want to get hurt. Huh? 
Why did you say that word? Oh, I'm sure you won't get hurt, but this way at least you'll be protected in case you fall off. Fall off? More bad words. Okay, time out. Now forget about all those bad words. There's really nothing to it. Now, watch carefully as I get on the bike, push off, and pedal. See? Woo! Nothing to it. No hands. <laughs> Hello. Uh, hello. Uh, this isn't my bike. That's not my kid. I'm available. Joey, stop. Probably not the big guys with small bikes. Or people that show okay. Now, it's your turn, Michelle. Just hop on, push off, and start pedaling, and I'll hold on to the back. That's it? Oh, piece of cake. All right. Get on the bike. I'll hold on to the back. And trust me, there's nothing to worry about. Okay? On your mark. Get set, start pedaling. At a girl. All right, looking good. <laughs> At a girl, you're doing it all by yourself. I am holy cow. <laughs> Michelle, are you okay? To cut that mullet. I'm so sorry. Are you hurt? You let go of me. Well, I only let go because you were doing so well. Then why am I in this bush? Okay, let's get you out of there, kiddo. I think you're going to be okay. No, I'm not. I got scraped. Ouch! Well, it's not a bad scrape. You're going to be just fine. Now, let's get back on the bike and try no, again. No, you need to clean what that am I This time, I promise I won't let go. I'll never trust you again. Michelle... Michelle, oh, come on, sweetheart. Joey and Michelle come to the back door, and I swear it's like Michelle can't get away from Joey fast enough as she pushes the door open. <laughs> and he does apologize. He says, Michelle, I'm, I'm sorry that you fell off your bike, okay? And she's giving him the silent treatment. She will not talk to him. So Joey tries to turn on the charm. Says, okay, if you don't talk to me, will you talk to your old friend Bullwinkle? And Michelle says, Bullwinkle, you tell Joey that I'm very mad at him. And Joey, as Bullwinkle says, Joey, Michelle is very mad at you. And Joey says, well, Bullwinkle, will you tell Michelle that I'm really sorry and I love her with all my heart? And I hope that she'll forgive me. <laughs> then he starts between himself and Bullwinkle going back and forth arguing. And Michelle smiles at that. And then she realizes it. And then puts her hand over her mouth. And Joey's like, too late, I already saw you smiling. And when he's like, oh, I caught you smiling. She, oops, and she covers her mouth. She was like, ah, too late. I already saw you smiling. And she says, only because you're funny. And Joey asks, can I fix that scrape on your hand? And Michelle asks, can Bullwinkle do it? And yeah, he does. As Bullwinkle. So he sits around the little ottoman right next to the desk. And they do have a first aid kit in the drawer there, which is good always to have you know more than one first aid kit on hand you never know when you need it and he pulls out the disinfectant spray of course you use that because you want to disinfect make sure 
the scrape is clean before you put a band-aid on it you want to clean it make sure it doesn't get infected and he does warn her you know honey this is going to sting a little bit well he does add bullwinkle and then she immediately ow that's good that stings a lot now i really don't trust you he's like uh it wasn't me it was bullwinkle and she goes upstairs but she turns on the stairs and says yeah sure blame the moose because yeah now she says now i really don't trust you oh my joey you don't spray that much on her it's just a on her on the top of her hand but the way that he like sprays it almost like he's like spraying like bug spray or suntan lotion on her. So you don't need to spray it. Just a quick squirt and boom, you're done. She says, you lied again. Now I really don't trust you. Yeah, and she says, oh, sure, blame it on the moose. Michelle, I'm sorry you fell off your bike. Okay, if you won't talk to Joey, will you talk to your old pal, Bullwinkle? Okay, Joe, Joey, I'm very bad at him. <laughs> Joey, Michelle is very mad at you. Maybe you could tell her that it was just an accident and I love her like crazy. Maybe she won't believe you. She will. She won't. She will. She won't. She will. She won't. She will. She won't. She will. I saw a smile. Oops. No, too late. I already saw you smiling. Only because you're funny. Well, that's a start. Can I fix that scrape for you? Can Bullwinkle do it? Why, certainly. Dr. Bullwinkle T. Moose at your service. Just have a seat in my office. Okay, here we go. Sit down for a moment. Now, this may sting a little. Ouch, that stings a lot. I'm sorry. You lied again. No, I really don't trust you. It wasn't me. It was, uh, it was Bullwinkle. Oh, sure, blame it on the moose. <laughs> I mean, I know this is 1991, but I would think that first aid kits would have alcohol prep pads for that kind of thing. I, I know in the first aid kit at my job, there's so many different types of salves and creams depending on what your need is, whether you need burn gel or any type of disinfectant. There's usually going to be or an alcohol prep pad to disinfect, clean up a, a cut or whatever. I, I rarely, if ever, see spray there, which I'm sure it still does exist. I would just prefer, and I did, he did warn her. I mean, it's not like, I, I'm sure she's had an instance probably where she's gotten some scrapes or whatnot doing whatever and they'd have to be, but I think if she already, doesn't trust Joey so due to falling off the bike and everything and him letting go so he already knows that he's on thin ice with her so it's not like he's and he did tell her honey this is gonna sting a little bit so just brace yourself and yeah she's just she's she, I think she would have blamed him regardless if that had stung or not or it's like ow you're pinching that skin as you put the band-aid on it's sticking to me stop it 
Like, nothing that he did in her eyes would have been right because she does not trust him anymore. She says, no, I really don't trust you. You lied to me. And for a five-year-old kid, I mean, she is really voicing her her feelings and her frustration. Like, tell Joe I'm very mad at him, just so angry and everything. Which is it's good for kids to you know, express how they're feeling and stuff like that. So that way you can better understand their side of it and how to help them work through the situation. Now Joey has to learn how to gain Michelle's trust back. So now we're going to jump back to Jesse and Becky and the twins and they're fun, adorable. They never get there. We never get to see it. Excursion. <laughs> their little mini road trip, if you will. Because... Both boys are napping. She's got them in their car seats, ready to rock and roll. And she's like, all right, you've been fed. You've been changed. You're sleeping. You got all, we got all that. We checked all those boxes off. You guys are ready to rock and roll. Jesse got the boys CTHs, which are car trip hats. Jesse even got himself one because he puts his hat backwards. Just because he knows it annoys Aunt, Aunt Ida. He wanted to say Aunt Edna, but no, it's Aunt Ida. And then he does the same thing with the boys. You just see those those hats are not staying on those baby's heads. <laughs> Jesse's hat is a New York Yankees hat. <laughs> and Becky was like, all right, in an hour we'll be ready to head out the door. So I guess she's waiting for them to, them to wake up. Now, it seems to me that in the case of kids when they wake up from naps tend to be kind of cranky, especially if you wake them up while they're napping instead of them waking up naturally. It's just it's like sometimes when I see, like I go into a store and I see a parent bring like a two-year-old asleep on their shoulder into a store, I'm like, well, that kid's going to cry as soon as they hear all the noise in the store or someone yelling and someone wakes them up. It's like, it doesn't matter whether they sleep then or whether they sleep on the car ride to Aunt Edna's, depending on traffic, how long it'll take to get there anyway. They're still going to wake up crying. I don't know why, but I like Jesse with that backwards cap. I know 90, it just seems like all the rage backwards caps. And sometimes, you know, I see kids doing it now with backwards caps. And I'm thinking, you're just trying to, I mean, I don't know, maybe in the 80s, backwards caps. But I definitely remember the 90s was heavy with kids wearing their hats backwards. Becky says, Jess, Aunt Ida hates it when you wear your hat. Why does it matter? She's your aunt, not your mother. And she's not Jesse's mother either. I get it. What is she like? Just oh, it's a sign of respect for the elderly or something. Or oh, don't do that because she doesn't like it. Tough, tough. You want to see my kids? This is what you're gonna have to put up with. Me wearing my hat backwards. Not only me wearing my hat backwards, but my boys are gonna be wearing hat backwards hats too. See how one twin's hat fits nice on their head, but the other twin, the hat is barely on their head and the boys don't even wake up from that they're still like they're out they are out for the count they are that asleep 
<laughs> so he's already he's ready he's like chomping at the bit to get out that door and get into that car and just drive but becky's like no 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 no, no. wait wait a minute We've got, we got two babies here. We got, we got to bring stuff. We got diapers. We got to bring the wipes. We got to bring change of clothes in case one of them has, you know, messes themselves and we need to change their clothes. I mean, they basically pack for like the apocalypse is happening. We need to be ready for any and all emergency situations. Kind of similar to the, I remember one time, um, when I was a teenager, my dad had that cabin, and my aunt and uncle had also brought a couple of their young kids with them, and the way my aunt had packed was like, we're going to be here for, you're going to, they're going to be there for like a handful of days, like maybe even like three or four days, and she packs like they're leaving for a month, which there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I'm always like... I tend to overpack when it comes to clothes just because, like, oh, well, I'll pack this, but what if I don't want to wear this? I'm going to make sure i got plenty of socks, even though I haven't been wearing socks in a long time unless I'm working <laughs> because it's summertime. And, uh, oh, i got to make sure i got plenty of, you know, undergarments and all that stuff, you know, with it being hot and stuff like that, and you sweat, you just want to make sure. You want to make sure you got enough. To, you know, in case you need an extra, just bring extra. If you don't use it, you don't use it. Then you don't gotta worry about watching it. Just back in the door it goes. But that's just, that's how I pack. I pack for, like, it, prepare for anything. I mean, it, what's that saying like, you know? It's better to have it and not need it than to need it and not have it. So Jesse says, all right, boys, rest up, because when you meet Aunt Ida, you won't sleep for days. And he walks away, and Becky's like, Jesse Katsopoulos. He ain't wrong. He ain't wrong. What? <laughs> when I see Aunt Ida, I'm not trying to make, you know, poke too much fun, but I immediately think of Umbridge, Professor Umbridge from Harry Potter. Like, not so much the actress in the movie but the drawing the illustration in the book one diaper bag you got two kids all right if it were me i'm not criticizing becky's parenting skills or anything but i'm like if the boys were napping she probably could have been packing as they're now well they're napping right now but that would have been number one. Like, all right, let's, while they're awake, before we put them down, let's get stuff packed. Diapers, definitely. Baby wipes. Diaper rash stuff. They gotta bring that, too. You never know. Don't want any chafing going on. Don't make that worse. Okay, uh, mm, you only have one diaper bag. You're not fitting everything on that changing table in there. How long do they think they're going to be going for? Hours? Like five, six hours? I, I mean, where does this Aunt Ida live? Wait a minute. I remember. Yes, in season six, the season premiere, Come Fly With Me, when they're going to pick DJ up from the airport, she's coming back from Spain, and just well, how long does it take to get to Aunt Ida's? Apparently it takes over an hour. And of course, you're going in San Francisco, like possibly weekend traffic is going to be busy. Got to prepare. 
backups, if you got to stop for gas, if someone's got to go to the bathroom, all these little delays are going to add on to that hour. Got like 20 plus diapers in there for heaven's sake. How many diapers? I mean, I'm sure you know, babies go through a lot, you know, that's what they do. But my goodness, they got like, I swear, between all the diapers, there's got to be at least 50 diapers in there. Like those kids are going to be having to be changed 25 times each. I think that is, that's much. That's a bit much. Oh my goodness. There would be a problem there if that were that many times. So yes, not only prepare for, you know, changing their diapers, but, oh honey, it could be windy. Let's get their, their little rain. Oh, what if it rains? We got to get their, their um, raincoats and, 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 and their windbreakers and, and oh my gosh, it could get really hot. Let's get their <laughs> little shorts and tank tops. Like for heaven's sake, you think you're going to go through all, cycle through all four seasons in the course of an hour? That's not how that works. It's not Michigan. It's San Francisco. <laughs> But, you know, prepare for all kinds of, oh, you might want to bring those winter parkas. You don't know, it might start snowing. They are in Northern California, I believe. <laughs> Blankets and scarves. Oh, my goodness. Yes, it could get windy. Blankets and Well, are they driving his convertible car with the top down? I don't think that would be wise. Yeah. What if it rains? We got to get their slickers and gloves. Mind you, again, they just have the one diaper bag that has, it's basically a bottomless diaper bag. And I swear, it's like one of those bags from Harry Potter. You can just keep filling it and filling it and you never see the bottom. <laughs> yeah. She's like, it could get really hot. And he's like, oh yeah, sunsuits. He just starts, he's not even looking at what he's pulling out of the top drawer says you know what I, I I we don't know what's gonna happen when we get out there on the road I say we take the whole dresser again this bottomless diaper bag that holds everything uh again you know they got twins so they're packing for two Becky brings up another thing which is important you know honey I just had a thought you know it's a boy's first time away from home do you think maybe we should bring some of their stuffed animals maybe they might get a little lonely I'm like they have each other. They have you. I mean, yeah, probably the comfort of home wouldn't hurt to have something that's in the crib. You know, it's like a Linus's security blanket, something like that. Something that smells like home. So sometimes that probably could backfire. Like Quinn's stuffed Lucifer cat, you know, that, you know, Lucifer cat from Cinderella. I had gotten that when I had gotten the movie Cinderella, and then when I had gotten Quinn when she was a kitten, I had that little stuffed kitten that was right around her size, and then she got bigger, because I have a video of her when she's about the size of Lucifer, carrying this big cat in her mouth, and then trying to jump onto the couch with it, and then falling off the couch. And, you know... When we moved down here, I had put that in her big dog crate for comfort or when she'd go to the vet. And somewhere along the line, once we moved here, she just doesn't interact with it anymore. It's like, it was like the, she was like the the Calvin to the Hobbs type of deal. You know, or Linus in a security blanket. She was just, she would bring Lucifer in you know, so we hear this particular meow 
you know, sound she would make. Like, oh, she's got Lucifer. She's, you know, giving him a massage. She'd go down there and she'd be like patting her paws on him. (laughs) She's giving him a massage. So when she says, let's bring something familiar and comforting, he's like, right, they're Elvis mobiles. That must have been the compromise because Jesse wanted that room to be nothing but Elvis wallpaper. But I like the fun at the circus vibe. It is really cute. It's adorable. I like the, it's almost like a kind of a periwinkle wallpaper with white polka dots. And then it's got the banner of the little circus. It's really cute. So I think the compromise was, all right, so I picked the room design and you can have your Elvis uh, mobiles, which maybe there's an all Elvis shop where you can get anything Elvis related, or maybe because the internet really wasn't not it's not was nothing like what it would be now. Whereas maybe they had to send away, they had to be custom made, something to that effect. Or, or there could be a catalog, an Elvis catalog where he just he gets all his Elvis memora- memorabilia and stuff from. Jesse says, you know, I've been looking for an excuse to hang these on the rearview mirror anyway. Yikes. Just yikes. And and Becky's like, honey, no, I mean, do you think maybe they might miss their their stuffed animals? He's like, of course they'll miss their stuffed animals. We gotta bring them along. So they get this netting pouch that can hold all these animals, and Becky is, like, holding the net open and trying to catch as Jesse is like flinging the stuffed animals out of the crib. This is craziness. Time that it's taking them, I don't know how many hours it's been getting ready. They're going to spend less time on the road than they were getting everything together. It's not like they're driving a minivan. Oh my goodness. These two large stuffed animals, where is their room in that crib for the baby? Because that just looks like overload. It's like you put the baby in and then you bordered the child with the stuffed animals. What if one of the stuffed animals tips over? That baby's not big or strong enough to be able to push the stuffed animals off of them. That is a safety hazard. This is speaking from a non-parent. That is a safe. Those two stuffed animals he's got right there, those are bigger than Nikki and Alex combined. One own size stuffed, I think it's an ostrich or a flamingo, one of them. I think it's a flamingo, but good golly. That's just one of the cribs they get into a stuffed animal fight as they're throwing stuffed animals at each other back and forth. This was, if that was cute. That was definitely cute. I like Jesse and Becky being playful and just, like, they're acting like big kids, even though they're adults and parents. You're fed, changed, dressed, and still napping, and one hour later, we're ready to be totally spontaneous. Not so fast. We've got to put on our CTHs, our car trip hats. <laughs> just... And Ida hates it when you wear your hat backwards. Good for her. I know. Boys, get ready to bug your Aunt Ida. (laughs) All right. There, now we're ready to ride like the wind. Wait a minute. We need extra diapers. Right, all right, you guys rest up. Because when you meet Aunt Ida, 
You won't sleep for days. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, wrong. Let's grab this bag. Okay. All right. Got the diapers. Got baby wipes. Baby wipes, very good. Well, you know what? Nikki's got a little rash. We need that baby butt stuff. Yeah. Here it is. Okay, one more diaper, and we are set. All right, but just to be safe, we better take everything on the changing table. Good thinking. Go. I think there's like 50 plus diapers in that bag. Ready to ride like the wind. Oh, wait a minute, Jess. It could get windy. We better bring blankets and scarves. Good thinking. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. What if it rains? We have to get their slickers and their galoshy booties, all right? Wait a minute, wait a minute. It could get really hot. Sunsuits. You know what? We don't know what's going to happen out there. I say we take the whole dresser. <laughs> Honey, I just had a thought. I mean, this is the first time the boys will be away from home. Maybe we should bring something familiar and comforting. Right. They're Elvis mobiles. Well, um, no. <laughs> you don't need to bring both, huh? to hang these on the rearview mirror anyway. You don't need to bring them both. Jess, honey, do you think they might miss their stuffed animals? Of course they'll miss their stuffed animals. We gotta take them. Here, okay. here you go. Ready? And catch. Yeah, I am. And catch. Yeah, I am. And Okay, we've, we've gone over all the days of the week. Uh, Monday. Danny and Vicky still in the living room. They are stretching this whole thing out way too long than it necessarily. Just this back and forth with Danny. Like, oh, Monday, Tuesday, uh, all those other days. Those are the days of the week. It's like he's thinking of anything possibly that he can pull out of the back of his head to talk about that isn't talking about he and... I mean, they just, you know, said, you know, we shared a kiss together, and, and then now he's trying to constantly change the subject. And Vicky, meanwhile, is just so infatuated, and with Danny, she's just... She's just turned, so she's, like, staring at him, just lost in Danny world. She's like, oh, I'm sorry, what were you saying? I, just, I, uh, I cannot get over Vicky's sweater. It's just atrocious. And, and her hair is just, it's a hot mess, guys. I don't like her hair. I mean, keep in mind, this is not season seven, the perfect couple episode where they break up because that was like beyond the beyond's worst Vicky hair ever in my mind ever but this is a close second this is just I think it's just kind of a little unsettling due to the fact that this the sweater that she's wearing this coat of many colors patchwork sweater is just well I mean it's kind of got fall-ish colors, like, you know, greenish and burgundy and all the colors of the leaves in the fall. But it's just with her hair kind of offsets it, and it's just, it's distracting for me. <laughs> and Danny says, I, I can't think of anything but that kiss. And Vicky says, me too. 
Vicky is just trying to think of every reason not to have a relationship. Yeah, Danny says we, we we can't have a relationship. And she's like, yeah, I mean, we work together. Like, Yeah, plus they're co-hosting a television show together. I mean, I know there are actors and actresses that can date each other and keep their romantic life separate from their on-screen chemistry. Or those, like, um... Oh, I got a good one. For those of you that have watched One Tree Hill, you know that Chad Michael Murray, who plays Lucas Scott, and Sophia Bush, who plays Brooke Davis, in, I believe... So they got married... The actor and actress had gotten married while they were early on in the show, like, probably season two. By season three, that had ended. Yet they still, their characters were romantically involved with each other. So you can imagine how, I mean, that would have to be, especially on her end. Because I don't want to go into the details of why their marriage ended. But uh, just her having to play a character who's romantically involved with his character even though their personal lives they really probably wanted nothing to do with each other after that but some can you know can make it work it's like Danny and Vicky are just trying to come up with every reason not to be in a relationship one of the big things is you know Vicky is temporary. She's not going to be on Wake Up San Francisco. She's filling in for Becky's maternity leave. And when Becky comes back, Vicky's going to be having to find a job somewhere else. We learn, you know, later she goes to Chicago. So he's like, all right, let's just put it out of her mind. So let's just forget about it. And she's like, okay, it's forgotten. And they look at each other and it's like magnets connecting because... They embrace and they kiss. Danny, that is not the place. You want to do that, you take that somewhere else. You are in the living room of your house. You got people coming and going at all times of the day. Speaking of coming in the door, here come... <laughs> DJ and Stephanie coming through the door. They're at the supermarket. Clearly they didn't take very long because it feels like... They've been gone for a half hour, if that. Supermarket or, <laughs> or the little store, corner store, they're probably like, I'll oh, let you go to a little corner store. And you know they were talking about Danny and Vicky the whole time they were there. Like, I wonder what they're doing. Do you think that he's told her yet? Do you think they've discussed the kiss? Maybe. Home? You want to go home and walk in on, surprise them? Wouldn't that be funny? <laughs> Stephanie with this line. Whoa, make out San Francisco. What was, Rusty said this, something similar in the episode that he was in, Terror in Tannertown. When he walked into Jesse's room when Jesse and Becky were kissing. He's like, whoa, tongue tone, USA. Like, stop. Duh. Danny and Vicky break apart so fast. You can tell that Danny's got lipstick just under his bottom lip. 
<laughs> Danny's like, Steph, go to your room. I, I mean, hi. <laughs> you wanted to ride that bike yet? Yeah. <laughs> and I love how Stephanie is just like rolling around. It's like, that's Michelle. <laughs> Make it even more embarrassing, DJ states the obvious. Nice shade of lipstick, Dad. <laughs> Danny's like with the back of his hand, like we're trying to rub the lipstick off. He's like, don't, don't you girls have anyone else you can uh, go and embarrass? <laughs> oh, these girls, these lines for this scene are just <laughs> so incredible. <laughs> Stephanie's like, nah, all right, well. We're going to get out of here. You two have fun playing Tonsil Hockey now. <laughs> oh. Danny says, have, have I mentioned to you how precious they are? Since Stephanie and DJ headed into the kitchen with their little cloth grocery bags. And Danny asks, you know, Vicky, why are we doing this to ourselves? And she says, I don't know. You know, maybe... Maybe we should just go for it. It's like, I don't see, honestly, what it's going to hurt. Vicky's been doing this type of, you know, what? She was a newscaster at one point because she got an award for investigative journaling. You're not telling me that she wasn't working around guys who may or may not have been married and, you know, she was able to keep strictly professional, but... You know, this is kind of one-on-one. -on -one. It's a talk show and stuff. And, you know, she's not with anyone. Danny's not seeing anyone seriously. You know, uh, Cindy, I don't know what kind of happened with that. That just kind of seemed to fizzle out. And they agree they have a mutual attraction. They're both very attractive, well-to-do people. I don't see why they couldn't give it a shot and see what happens. Danny says, he turns Vicky to him because he's sitting on the couch and says, you're right, let's do this. Let's be wild and totally spontaneous. Danny jumps off, off, off the couch, grabs Vicky by the hand as he says, Vicky, come with me, and he leads her to the front door. Let's fly to Paris tonight. I'm like, whoa, Danny, you, you pump the brakes. Why don't you guys just go out to dinner or take a a ferry ride across the bay, um, maybe a car horse carriage ride around the city, something fun like that. Well, just, just put a pin in Paris, okay? Just, just put a pin in that. And Vicky's like, Danny, we have a show to do tomorrow. So he compromised, like, okay, how about frozen yogurt? Oh my god, the way that Vicky responds to this, you wild man. He's like, vanilla. And she says, you're insane. She throws her head back. He says, with sprinkles, still holding her hand, and the door is still open. And he's like, shut the door. <laughs> okay, we've, we've gone over all the days of the week. Uh, Monday, Tuesday, uh, all those other days. <laughs> I'm sorry, Danny. What did you say? I have no idea. <laughs> I, I, I can't think about anything but that kiss. Me too. This is crazy. We work together. Yeah, you're, you're right. We cannot start a relationship. Yeah. And who knows where I'll be after Becky comes back to wake up San Francisco. Let, let's just forget about it. It's forgotten. <laughs> Whoa, 
Steph, go to your room. I mean, hi. Bye. <laughs> you want to ride that bike yet? That's Michelle. <laughs> nice shade of lipstick, Dad. Don't <laughs> you girls have somebody else you can go embarrass? Oh. Sorry, Dad. You two have fun playing taco hockey. <laughs> Have I uh, mentioned to you how precious they are? <laughs> Vicky, why are we doing this to ourselves? I don't know. Maybe we should just go with it. You know what? You're right. Let's be crazy. Let's be totally outrageous. Vicky, come with me. Let's fly to Paris tonight. Oh, Danny, Danny, we have a show to do tomorrow. How about frozen yogurt? You wild man. Vanilla. You're insane. Well, with sprinkles. Get the door. So once Danny and Vicky are out the door, we cut over to the kitchen, kitchen living room doorway, and Becky's got the twins, both car seats. With the twins. And she says, just, just follow the sound of my voice. This, oh, let, let's go over what he is carrying completely. I don't know how long it took them to get all this stuff together, but it's got to be like mid to late afternoon at this point. Is How long is the Harley shop open during the day? I mean, granted, it's a weekend, but even still... The amount of stuff that he's carrying with him, I know they have twins, I know they're babies, they need everything, but this in itself is just overkill. It is, you're going to be gone for what, a couple hours, maybe three, depending on traffic and whatnot, and Ida lives like an hour away, and it just, the, all, with all the stuff, they you think that they were going to be gone for a month. They got one diaper bag, they got a black duffel bag, and what looks like an early 90s giant laptop bag. They've got a netted bag filled with stuffed animals, they got the Elvis mobiles. Even carrying those little uh, motorized swing things that mm, you, you don't you're taking all this to Aunt Ida's cause you ain't bringing it into the Harley shop I'll tell you that and it's not like they're driving a minivan cause he's still got in season 5 yeah he's got that car but she of course had a car to herself but it's Becky did before they got married so that, again, it's just, it's, and it looks like he also brought the crib blanket. <laughs> this is, oh. I mean, I'm not sure what time of year this is supposed to be, because Stephanie and Vicky are both in sweaters. Michelle's in overalls and a, and a long sleeve shirt. I don't know what time of year this is supposed to be. Says, all right, we're ready to ride like the one. You can barely see Jesse's face through all that stuff that he's holding. Of course, says the person who's not carrying everything says, 
do you think we're really going to need all this stuff? I mean, if you think about it, we're only going to be gone two or three hours. And Jesse says, that's what Gilligan said. Good for Gilligan, Jesse, but you are not Gilligan. This is, this is crazy town, I'm telling you. Yeah, for two or three hours, and how much of that time is going to be spent probably in traffic? You could leave this motorized swing set thingies, leave those home. You don't need them. You don't need all those stuffed animals either. Or, well, the blankets wouldn't be bad, so that way if you got to change, you know, their diapers, you got, you're not going to ruin Aunt Ida's carpet. He's got those motorized swings at one of each, of course, because they have two kids. This is nuts. And Becky says, oh, yeah, good point. We wouldn't want to get shipwrecked, shipwrecked without our Elvis mobiles. <laughs> two hours, guys. It took them two hours to get ready. Mike, see? You don't need all that stuff. You don't need all those stuffed animals. Babies only have, don't the babies have a short attention span? Maybe bring one for each of the boys, but you don't need all that stuff. He's like, we're gonna be spontaneous. What is it with everyone being crazy and spontaneous? I think I thought Danny said that too. We're gonna go to the Harley shop and then we're gonna go to Aunt Ida's. And Becky tells him, Jess, let's face it, life as we knew it. As we know, it is no more. Life is, we, you know, prior to becoming parents when we could just zip out the door and go somewhere. No, we got to be thinking for four now because we got two babies that need every. They need a diaper bag with some diapers, some formula. Did they even think to bring bottles? Well, she is, you know, nursing, so maybe, uh. Or is she at this? I don't know. That's not my business. But, um, yeah, just the basics. Maybe a couple toys. Entertain the babies. Although, if you think about it, you know Aunt Ida's going to want to hold both babies at the same time. Those babies aren't ever going to be touching the ground. They're just, they're never going to be touching the floor. Yeah, she says, you know, how about next time we want to be spontaneous? Let's plan ahead. Yeah, this was kind of a thing of the moment. Like, hey, it's a Saturday. Neither of us are doing anything really important other than being parents. While we go out, it's a beautiful day. Let's go out and do something. Yeah, this is something clearly with babies. You want to plan ahead. You want to, like, clear your day for it so you can see. Yeah, you want to get an early start. This is, like, mid-afternoon. You don't got that much daylight left. <laughs> By the time they get home. <laughs> leaving an items, it's going to be dark out. Babies aren't going to care about the mobiles. Those Elvis mobiles or their toys. I love, <laughs> I love how she's like, oh, honey, can you get that? Because the doorbell. And she's holding, you know, she's got a car seat in each hand. And Jesse's just loaded down with so much stuff. And who's at the door? It's Aunt Ida. <laughs> and Becky's like, oh, Aunt Ida, we were just coming to see. So this lady makes an unannounced visit, just shows up at the door. You don't know if they're going to be home. You didn't call first, of course. <sighs> I don't like this lady. She's just as arrogant and irritating as the rest of the Donaldson clan. Yeah, because when she says, oh, Aunt Ida, we are just coming to see you. And Jesse, behind all this stuff, says, 
Becky, that's not funny. Like, I just climbed down the stairs with all of the stuff in my arms. In one trip, most likely. And, of course, Aunt Ida has just such disdain for Jesse. Just says, hi, Jesse. He drops everything out of his arms in the way that one motorized swing, swing falls to the floor. Then the other one just stands upright. And But everything else... Oh, there's two diaper bags, of course. One for each kid. And then two black duffel bags. Jesse, of course, with the hat backwards. And Jesse trying to be polite. Hi, Aunt Ida. And he's like, oh, beautiful new do. Yeah. I was in the neighborhood. Turn your hat around. And Jesse obediently turns his hat around. Jesse, I'd be like, first of all, you should have called. Second of all, my hat's going to stay on my head the way I like it. If you don't like it, you can turn yourself right around and walk back out the door. Becky, of course, does not correct her because, you know, respect the elders. Ugh, I can't stand this woman. Thank goodness we only see her this one time. Turn your hat around, you look like a hoodlum. Ida bends over, he's like, oh, no, good, 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 peace. And Jesse is just like, me, 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 me. And Ida looks up at Jesse, and he just puts a quick smile on his face. Oh, this woman, oh, I can't, I get it, yeah, it's Becky's aunt, but it's like, girl, you need to stand up for your husband once in a while. She didn't even do that with her cousin, you know, Dick, Richard, or. They dropped the Reese's Pieces on the floor. Oops. There we go. So, oh my goodness, girl. I would not stand for that garbage at all. Like, you come at my husband, you're coming at me, and I'm going to come after you. That's how it is. You stand up for your spouse. Or if you're lucky, your spouse will stand up for themselves. I don't know, but still, you would defend them. Like, how dare you come into my home? I mean, it's Danny's home. And, and then be giving orders to my husband. No. Who do you think you are, Ida? Who? You're just an aunt. You're not You're not her mother. You're not his mother, by the way. So, enough's enough. Oh, this woman. I swear. I swear, Quinny. Quinn doesn't like her either, do you, girl? <laughs> She's sleeping. Okay, just follow the sound of my voice, Jess. Come on, straight ahead. There you go. <laughs> All right. Here we go. We're ready to ride like the wind. <laughs> Do you think we really need all this stuff? I mean, we're only going to be gone two or three hours. That's what Gilligan said. Oh, yeah, good point. We wouldn't want to get shipwrecked without our Elvis mobiles. Now, Beck, it only took us two hours to get ready. Be very spontaneous to go to the Harley shop and add Ida's. Let's go. Jess, let's face it. Life as we knew it is no more. Mm. Next time we want to be spontaneous, let's plan ahead. <laughs> Honey, could you get that? <laughs> <laughs> and Ida, we were just coming to see you. Becky, that's not funny. Hi, Jesse. Hi, Aunt Ida. 
Beautiful new do. <laughs> I was in the neighborhood. Turn your hat around, you look like a hoodlum. <laughs> now we go to the backyard with Stephanie has got the family camcorder and DJ they go out of the backyard. Michelle's there with her bike, and she's actually selling her bike for, like, 50 cents. So, they heard from Joey that Michelle fell off her bike. Not like, oh, are you okay? Or, but their plan is to trick Michelle by filming her riding her bike from one side of the yard to the other. I don't understand why this couldn't have been before, like, the sidewalk at the park. That should have been, like, the final step once she actually has mastered balancing because you're not going to be as hurt if if, if you're going to, you know, tip sideways. You're going to land on the ground. You're not going to land in a bush. Because I don't think there are, she would be nowhere near the fence line. I just, I honestly feel like Joey kind of jumped the gun on that. Like, she should have, backyard should have been the first step. She can clearly ride her bike on the astroturf grass back there. So, they want to get a shot of her on the bike. Could just easily just take a picture. What do you gotta? I guess they want to film it for posterity purposes. Yeah, the way that DG's like, oh, we just want to get one last shot of you on your bike that you're never gonna ride again. Michelle cocks her head to the side. It's like, is this a trick? Is this a trick? I'd be like, sweetie, if you have to ask that, you know, you know, it's a trick. Okay, Steph, you gotta stop with the booby baby stuff because she's like, Michelle, booby baby. Will we trick you? I'd be like, well, you have in the past, so that's probably why I didn't need to ask you this time. She says, if we wanted to trick you, we'd think of something a little more clever than asking you to sit on your bike. Now, sit on your bike. Oh, Joey's bag. He's got a little gift bag there. Hmm, bribery. Do I smell bribery? I think I do. So... DJ has Michelle get on the bike. The kickstand is down, so the bike is just balancing. DJ is holding the handlebar for Michelle. Saying, hey, Steph, how's she look? Wink, wink. And, yeah, this was this was a trick. Basically, like, you know, I think the lighting would be better over there. Way over there on the other side of this huge yard. DJ releases the kickstand and has one hand on the back of the bike seat and then the other hand is on the uh, handlebar. She's like, all right, Michelle, I'm going to hold you. Keep you steady on this bike. You're just going to pedal and I'm going to get, I'm going to take. She fell for that with Joey and look how well that turned out. She wound up in a pricker bush. And Michelle says more than they barely even got a, f a foot across the lawn. She says, stop the bike. I want to get off. DJ puts the kickstand down and Michelle slides off. And then she glares at them both. This was a trick. Shame on both of you. 
And DJ and Stephanie are like, hey, we just wanted for you to give your bike another chance. I'm thinking, but by tricking her? I mean, I'm not saying this poor girl has some level of, you know, PTSD from, you know, falling in a prison. But, I mean, she might have some, you know, that could be scary for a kid. You're a little higher up than a tricycle. You're basically balancing yourself on two wheels without the assistance of training wheels. And you fall off. <coughs> that would be scary to get back on a bike. I understand you wanted her to give her bike another chance. But did you have to go that route? Can you imagine if, like, I mean, Stephanie could easily fit on that I'm not saying that DJ couldn't, but I'm like, they could have each saying like, hey, Michelle, we're going to try riding your bike and you'll see just how easy it is. Even the both of them together could have like, Michelle, you can get on your bike. I'm going to be at the back holding the seat and DJ is going to be, you know, at the front, you know, holding the handlebars steady. So basically all you're doing is turning the pedals. Honestly, she already feels like she can't trust Joey. Now she feels like she's not going to be able to trust her sisters. Bike riding, just a web of nothing but lies and mistrust. Yeah, and she says, hey, maybe you didn't see a scrape on my hand. Didn't even, well, she ran away before he could actually put a bandage on it, which he probably should have done. Bye-bye, bike. It's only 50 cents. No, thanks. Hey, Joey told us you fell off your bike. So why don't we get one last shot of you sitting on the bike that you're never going to ride again? Isn't this a trick? Michelle, Booby, baby, we wanted to trick you. We think of something a little more clever than asking you to sit on your bike. Now, sit on your bike. Here, I'll hold you. Steph, how does she look? I think the light will be better way over there. Steph, you are so right. Now, Michelle, I'll hold you steady. You just start pedaling. Stop the bike. I want to get off. Right. Hop off. This what a trick. Shame on you. I'm sorry, Michelle. We just thought you should give your bike another chance. Maybe you didn't see this great. So Joey comes up to DJ and Steph, says, Hey, uh, girls, do you mind if I talk to Michelle for a, alone for a second? And he's got a little pink gift bag. And Joey says, You know, Michelle, it's it's pretty obvious. You're too smart to fall for a trick. And Michelle tells him, Yeah, it's very obvious. And he asks, Would you go for a bribe? And Michelle, I love how she's got her hands behind her back saying, never. What do you got? And she's trying to peek in the bag. And she, <laughs> Joey says, well, if you give me another chance to teach you how to ride, you can have your own copy of The Little Mermaid. And like, ah, Little Mermaid. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I was eight years old. I, I, my eighth birthday. I got... It was really, it's funny because my dad had come over with a copy early in the morning because I was living with my aunt and uncle at the time. And I'm like, oh, sweet. And then, you know, my aunt takes me along with, you know, her kids to go visit my mom for my birthday. 
she gets me the Little Mermaid movie on VHS. My cousin, I know I've told this story before. My young cousin is like, oh, she already has it. So, of course, I keep the copy my mom gives me. And then my dad takes his back. And then I was going to get Who Framed Roger Rabbit. You know how those little booklets of movie, other movies that are either available or come coming out that come in the little uh, clamshell case Disney VHSs back in the day? And I was going to get Who Framed Roger Rabbit. And then my cousin's like, oh, no, 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 get Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. We saw it in the theater. It's really good. So I got Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. I really wish I had. I mean, I love Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Don't get me wrong. I really wish I would have another little mermaid movie because our VCR tended to eat tapes. And it ate my Little Mermaid tape. And I swear, it's almost like my sister maybe put it in there on purpose so I would break it. I'm not trying to blame my sister, but yeah. No, she didn't. But it did break it, and it's just like I never got a replacement after that. I lost a lot of tapes to the VCR. Lamb Before Time, Turner and Hooch. Uh, eventually we did, I, I swear it's like when I was like a, a teenager, we got a new VCR. No, it had to have been, because I remember, yeah, when we got that new VCR, I, one episode of Full House off a of television, and it would have been season seven's, uh, the new Smash Club episode. The one where Jerry and Jerry, where Jesse inherits the Smash Club. Ah, the little mermaid. We get the case. Oh my gosh, that case is so controversial. And the thing is, I mean, all of you out there that grew up in the 80s and 90s, you guys know about the original Little Mermaid case. How if you look at the castle, there's something there that shouldn't be there. Granted, when I was eight and I was staring at my Little Mermaid VHS clamshell case. I didn't know. I had no idea what I was looking at. And I wouldn't have known until probably down the road on the internet or YouTube or some person pointed that out. That there were some people that, animators that worked at Disney with with dirty minds. That probably, sh most likely should not have been working at Disney. Or kept that stuff out. That's just, it's it's sad that I, I can't imagine you would even find, you know, because they had to, down the road, when they re-released The Little Mermaid on VHS, you know, they put on a whole new cover and everything like that. And I'm just like, <sighs> yeah, I mean, that movie is, what, 32, 33 years old now? It came out in 89. I would have been seven when I saw it in the theater. Michelle turns it down and he's like but it's your favorite movie and she says well it's on cable all month I'm like sweetie there may come a day when it's not available on cable Disney Plus did not exist at the time so you couldn't stream it because that was one of the things with the movies when they would release them they'd have them out for a bit and it's like you better snap it off if you want or you're waiting another 10-15 years for them to pull it back out of the vault. Cable, it's on cable all month. 
All month. Yeah, but what about the next month? I mean, he already bought it, so you may as well keep it. And the thing is, it's not wrapped in plastic, so clearly it was just someone had a copy and it's like, here you go. Maybe, maybe it is a new, I'm checking for why you just see it. Like, is it wrapped in plastic? I can't tell. Then we'll keep it for the twins. When they get older, they'll want to watch it. Or, yeah, it's just, just. Hang on to it. Don't return it because, you know, eventually someone's going to want to see it again. It's the Little Mermaid. Um, I have, I'm going to say this now with all these Disney remakes that are going on. I may change my mind. I don't know. But I have zero interest in seeing the, the live action version of the Little Mermaid. I just... I was so beyond the beyond disappointed in the Lion King live act that to me, guys, this is my own opinion. Hot garbage, hot, hot, stinky garbage. And it stinks because I really was looking forward to seeing that movie. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to see it. It'll be so. And it's just, I've seen the real Lion King animated one. You know, I that was. My childhood there, I grew up with that. I mean, granted, I was like 11 going on 12 when it came out. But, it just, it, the, the movie was playing on, the animated movie was playing on a loop while I was watching the live action version. So I could tell when something seemed or felt off with the, a lot of the line delivery. I'm just like, and, and Timon and Puma, they weren't funny. The lines weren't in... You couldn't tell what they were feeling. Unless it was coming out of their mouth. You They just... Because they're supposed to be real lions. They're CGI. But a real lion isn't going to be expressive in the way that Disney animators did with the lion. It's just... It's not. It just... The movie felt flat for me. And it just... Don't you just hate it? When you look forward to a movie, you're hyping up about it. Like, oh, I can't wait, I can't wait. And it just disappoints you so much. The, no, Jordan Peele's Nope was another one. I was like, oh, I can't wait. Okay, you know, like Jordan Peele's other two movies. And I see this and I'm just like, and there's a scene that was, girl, oh, I just, I knew I'd ever seen, like, I had my eyes closed, by the way, and my hands over my eyes during this one particular scene chimp scene that's what i'm gonna say and i'm like yeah that'll be in my brain tonight when i'm trying to close my eyes and go to sleep but anyway let's get back to the episode i like this lesson from joey he does apologize look i'm sorry you had an accident but i had to let go that's how you learn and he tells her you know otherwise every kid you see on a bike would have a grown-up hanging on the back of it and michelle says well that's better than falling in a bush and says, I'm going to tell you something that I should have told you before we ever started this. You don't know what you're doing? And Joey says, no, but learning to ride a bike is hard work. No matter how many times you fall off, you got to keep trying. You know, that's the thing. It's just nothing worth doing is ever easy. That's why you put into work. Think about the people that... They spend how many years pushing themselves and working towards getting a degree, and when they finally get 
that diploma in their hand. It's like that hard work, everything, you know, sleepless nights, those all night studying sessions I did, you know, it paid off. You put in the effort. You are rewarded for the effort you put into stuff. But you have to be willing to put in the work. It's not going to, you know, you know, it's not going to be easy. For every time that you fall off, it's that 1% of you, even if you fall off your bike 100 times, it's that one point that you don't fall off that counts. <laughs> my sister's 10-speed bike that had no business being on because this, it had one of those, I don't know, would you call it one of those crossbars or kind of also like on a boy's bike, that like that high bar there that you got to swing your leg around. And it's just the bike was too big for me. I had to have been maybe, maybe I was 9 or 10. And I'm only five foot two now. I stopped growing when I was like 14, 13 years old. It's not gonna get any taller. But when I got on it, I that my sister's bike, and I'm just like, okay. And the pedals weren't like comfortable, you know, hard plastic pads. They're the kind that you better be wearing shoes when you're on this bike because. They're the ones that got the jagged edges on them that it's like, well, when you're pedaling, it's going to hit you in the back of the ankle. It's like, you better be wearing socks, too, because it's going to mess up your legs. But, yeah, I fell, I fell off that bike. I kind of figured I was going to. But it, I don't ride bikes anymore, guys. I stopped that a while ago. There's a couple of times that I went, like, oh, I gotta get this bike, and I ride it once, and it sits in the garage and collects dust. I'm like, I'm, like, I'm not mm, done with it. Even Jeremy's like, mm, I'm done, too. Yeah, and he, he also says, you know, once you get a ride, it's really worth it. It it really is. The successful appreciation of mastering something you really worked hard at. And Michelle is really, are you sure about this? She's really trying hard. Like, I know Joey let me down, you know, in, in her head. I'm sure, like, I know I really want to be able to trust him, but I'm, she's scared. You know, she fell off. That would, that would make anyone not want to try, you know. But if you want to learn how to ride a bike, you got to keep doing it until you, you master it. And Joey says, you know, come on, you and I are buds. We go way back. Now, until you wiped out, did I ever let you down? And she says, no. And he asks, all right, how about giving your old pal Joey one last chance, one more chance? And she says, okay, old pal. And she hugs him. Oh, oh it's forgiven. Can I talk to Michelle for a minute? Sure. Good luck. Michelle, it's obvious you're way too smart to fall for a trick. It's very obvious. Would you go for a bribe? Never. What do you got? Well, if you give me a chance to teach you how to ride, you can have your very own copy of The Little Mermaid. No, thank you. It's your favorite movie. It's on cable all month. <laughs> Michelle, I'm sorry that you had an accident, but I had to let go. That's how you learn. 
Otherwise, every kid you see riding a bike would have a grown-up hanging on the back. That's better than falling in a bush. I'm going to tell you something that I should have told you before we ever started. You don't know what you're doing? No. That learning to ride a bike is hard work. No matter how many times you fall, you have to keep trying, because once you get it right, it's really worth it. Are you sure about this? Hey, come on, you and I are buds. We go way back. Until you wiped out, did I ever let you down? No. Well, then how about giving your old pal Joey one more chance? Okay, old pal. Got her, girl. <laughs> Kiss. Again, I still say he should have just practiced with her in the backyard until she mastered it. And then the next step is that bike path. Because he's got a hand behind, you know, the seat and then one on the handlebar there. And he's like, all right, you're ready? And she's like, you're not going to let go, right? She's still wearing all the same equipment, um, safety equipment there, knee pads, elbow pads, helmet. and Take the goggles off or at least get some clear ones. They're like tinted in red. Turns to him like you're not gonna let go, right? And he's like, no, not until you say so. And she's pedaling, and he's like, yeah, you're doing it. And she says, let go. He's like, are you sure? Let go. And he's, are you really, really sure? I said, let go. And then he lets her go, and and then she stops with her feet again. He really does need to show her how to master. The art of the pedal brake. Just the back pedal, like, push it. I think, yeah, you push it down on the, the right side, I believe. Maybe all bikes are different, so. Ah, oh, that bike's got a big pink and white basket, wicker basket on it. Which, I just see, oh, and I like the red, or not red, the, um, the pink and white streamers. It's just really, really cute. I can see her, <laughs> she, she's too young to go right to the library on her own, but putting some, I gotta check some books out for the library. I'm gonna send them in this basket. And yeah, she goes about five feet and Joey's like, way to go. And Michelle is just so proud of her. So she's like, I'm not in the bush. I'm like, yeah, that's right. You went right past it. She's thinking, you're not gonna get me this time, bush. I'm sealing past you. This one tree, the slim white tree with leaves on it, Looks like it's been hit too many times by the wind because it's like bent over. Like it's this little tree is carrying the weight of the world on its shoulders. Like, oh, I can't handle no more weight. And Joey goes you know, in front of the bike because Michelle stopped. And he says, Michelle, I'm so proud of you. You did it all by yourself. And Michelle says, nah, Joey, I did it with you. Oh. And he's like, all right, you want to go for another ride? And she's like, all right, let's go. And she starts pedaling. And, of course, him trying to keep up with her. She's like, I'll race you home. <laughs> like, no, you will not. <laughs> she says, I'll race you home. <laughs> Come and catch me. <laughs> Joey is going to be so out of breath trying to kick. Like, not so fast. Wait for me. Not until you say so. Okay, let's do it. All right, you're doing it, Michelle. Let's go. Are you sure? Let's go. 
Are you really, really sure? I said, let's go. Way to go. I'm not in the bush. Michelle, I am so proud of you. You did it all by yourself. Uh-uh, Daddy, I did it with you. Want to go for another ride? Okay, let's go. Okay, Michelle, here we go. Alright, so that's the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I definitely had a lot of fun with this one. So, worst outfit between Stephanie and Vicky. Vicky's going to get the number one spot. Stephanie is a close second place there. Best outfit, definitely. I, I just, I like DJ's Future Magenta and white and dark green plaid shirt with the fuchsia magenta I'm gonna have to look that up like what is the difference between fuchsia and magenta what is the for heaven's sake what is the difference between fuchsia and magenta Let's see. Uh, difference between fuchsia and magenta. Fuchsia is... Uh, I can't talk to save my life. Fuchsia is a color that is a combination of several colors that flow in the color spectrum between magenta and purple. Fuchsia is, brilliant, is a brilliant color that is a mixture of purple and red. Fuchsia is the name of the flower. Blah, 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 blah. That's not what... Okay, but what about... is Fuchsia and magenta close to the same color. In RGB color mode, use your create colors. La 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 la. Just, uh, you know what? Never mind. I'm not getting a real answer there, so forget it. All right, so moving on. <laughs> but yes, DJ got the best outfit of the episode. I didn't see a second place on there, in my opinion. Tanner teachable moment for this episode is. I think before you get your kid out on a sidewalk or a bike path, practice with, if you have a backyard or even a driveway, practice, I say definitely grass before pavement. Have them practice on the grass so the way if they do fall, it's going to be a soft landing. They're less likely to, you know, hurt themselves on grass than, than pavement. This seems like more like you would graduate to pavement or the driveway when you've mastered not falling off. That's, you know, and just even though, you know, kids, if they fall off, they're going to get discouraged. They're going to be scared. But just, you know, reassure them like, hey, I'm going to be with you the whole time. I'm not going to let go until you're ready. Once you master this, it's going to be so rewarding. And... You know, make sure until you know the your child or until you know they are a hundred percent secure. Just I wouldn't take the training wheels off until you feel secure in that how they're you know riding a bike. Because sometimes maybe if you take them off a little too soon, 
maybe they're not ready, but you know, to each their own, however. When it comes to <laughs> Jesse and Becky, everyone does their own thing when they're preparing either for a trip or if they're even just running off of the store, you gotta bring the baby with you, of course. You gotta prepare for just about anything. I would say what, diapers, maybe formula, you know, a bottle. Anything else? One thing I noticed that people do tend to do just within the last like 15 years or the last decade is when they have a, you know, a young child, probably about a year, you know, old enough to sit up and whatnot in the front of a shopping cart is they will have either a blanket or some type of specially made cover for a shopping cart so that way the child isn't getting their hands you know touching you know germy shopping carts and stuff which i think i think that is a really good idea whoever invented those but and just becky even saying you know just life as we once knew it you know us being you know single and just be able to get up and go wherever whatever and you can't do that really anymore. You gotta be thinking for your kids. What are they gonna need if we're even gonna be gone even an hour? You know, we gotta make sure we got diapers, wipes, maybe an extra change of clothes just in case. You gotta, you gotta be ready for every. Yes, that was just pure, pure overload. You do not need those motorized swing things at all. The Elvis mobiles, no. He brought them both. I get you got to. You don't need them. You don't need a bag full of stuffed animals that they're most likely going to ignore. You give one of each for the babies. But you don't need to bring a whole, like, garbage bag sized full. They were planning. They're going to. She said we're going to be only out, like, two or three hours. Not a week. Because <laughs> that's what they, they were basically planning they packed for like oh my goodness yeah oh like well we don't know what if there's you know every all four seasons of weather are gonna hit within the course of an hour and just bringing a blanket i'm like are they putting them in in the convertible i mean doesn't the top go up on that i mean i don't know i don't know and, you know, Tanner Teachable moment for, moment for Danny and Vicky is just, look, just, you want to try going out and seeing, you both clearly are attractive to each other, it's cool, just, you know how to maintain your professionalism on screen. You can't be all kissy, kissy, lovey, lovey, while you, and looking into each other's eyes while you're supposed to be entertaining us, the viewers, on Wake Up San Francisco. You save the PDA for off screen. So, yeah. All right. Next week, I am diving into the final episode of Joey and the Girls with Season 7, Episode 9, Day of the Rhino, which aired November 9th, 1993. In this episode, Michelle and her friends, friends, it's just her and Denise, Get ripped off after sending in their money for giant plush Rigby. Whoa, no, wait a minute. They didn't send for a plush Rigby. That's the reward they got for the little plastic, maybe two-inch 
Rigby figurine. And that's all that it said that it really was. They made Rigby in the commercial out to look bigger than what he was. And basically, he got ripped off. And it's like, you're sending money to... And I'll save that for the episode. Apparently, there's a Rigby catalog. There's a toll-free number, you know, to lodge a complaint. And there's all these Rigby things that you can order, like a, a fountain pen or something to that effect. But anyway... <laughs> Sending in their money for a uh, Rigby. Well, not Rigby. They confront the man who's in the Rigby costume. Who happens to be making a live appearance at the mall. We get a side plot here with... Becky and Becky teach DJ a lesson how guys will say anything to compliment women's appearances. While Jesse and Danny teach, teach Steve how to comment women's looks tactfully. Oh, my goodness. So the oldies are going to teach the young youngs about life and relationships between men and women. I think the young youngs are going to be teaching the oldies about uh, being honest, you know, truthful, and saying what's in your heart instead of lying to make someone feel better. All right. I hope you all have a great weekend, and I will be back with Day of the Rhino next week. If you want to email the podcast, you can do so at omhc, fhfhpodcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave an email, or bleh, <laughs> it is th- almost 3.30 in the afternoon. I don't know where my... <laughs> if you'd like to... Leave a review for the podcast. All five-star reviews do help the podcast get noticed by other Full House and Fuller House fans by, like yourselves. Just go to iTunes, search Full House Podcast, the Oh My Land to Holy Chalupas podcast will pop up. Click on it, scroll down to where it says leave a review, and leave a review. Use emojis if you'd like to describe episode titles. I'd love to tra- take a crack at guessing them. Or you can even... Tell me your favorite character episode of either show. All right. Bye-bye, everybody.